where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on the Tuesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh here as well, and your Redbirds. Because they're scheduled to play, they got to play baseball again tonight. They take on the Angels. Do they have to, or do they just? Can they yeah, play? they're obligated. Huh. Okay. So well, let's go then. Yeah, go Birds. Stephen Matt's on the bump tonight versus Patrick Sandoval. Patrick Sandoval's pretty good. Has been pretty good for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California. That's, uh, Tom's brother. Yeah, Pablo's brother. No, Tom Sandoval. Tom Sandoval from St. Louis. From St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. From uh. Whatchamacallit? Vanderpump Rules. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's his brother. Different guy, different family. Steven Matz, 0-3, 6.23 ERA. I think. Okay. Jamie, pay attention. All right? Why? Yeah. All right, Anthony. Tell me. You know what, Anthony? Sell me, Steven Matz. Let's (laughs) go, baby. Big lefty on the bump. What is he? 6-4-ish. Is he 6'4"? Oh, there's no way he's 6'4". Well, he's big, isn't he? He's uh, he's 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Yeah, but the hat on gives him an extra couple yeah, inches. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and when yeah. he's up on the bump, how high is that thing elevated? Uh, High. The guy's a giant out there throwing thunderbolts. Uh-huh. All right, I'm in. Who else we got? On the team? Just whatever. Give me another player you're excited about today. Nolan Arenado. Are you really? Wow. I don't know if I can get there on that one. Today. Okay. Jamie, one of the themes in for today's show will be what went wrong in April. Oh, everything. Which is why we're going to dedicate individual segments to individual aspects of this team, <laughs> starting off with the pitching. So the starting pitching, if you want to start with the starting pitching. That's my own as well. Of late, Cardinal starter is actually pretty good. Three quality starts in the last 10 games, 3-7-1 ERA in those 10 games. But as we know, this has not been a good group. The hard hit rate is off the charts. Soft contact, not great. They're allowing too, too much hard contact. They're not keeping the ball in the yard. And they don't have, and we knew this going in, so it's not surprising, but their strikeout rate isn't impressive either. All of those statistics that I just mentioned are either in the bottom half of the league or they're in the category of you don't want. Like soft contact is something that you would want as a pitching staff. Keep the ball on the ground, especially this team. You're not going to strike a bunch of opponents out. You want soft contact. Instead, the Cardinals pitching has allowed a ton of hard contact, at least they did throughout the month of April. Some of that hard contact 
was landing in bleachers all around mm. this fine United States of America. All right, so he's saying there's an issue. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I just want to make sure we're clear. Mm-hmm. I'll write that down. Pitching. Yeah, issue. pitching has been a problem. Yeah. You know, the pitching okay. can be the ultimate deodorant, Jamie. Oh, it can? Huh? Yeah. Tell me about that, Anthony. Well, you know, if, if you haven't hadn't showered in a while, you start to stink. Yeah. You slap some deodorant on. At least while that stink is there, yeah. it's contained. Is it, though? I mean, it's still there. It's still a problem, but at least you have the deodorant. The Cardinals still dirty. don't have the deodorant. They just stay. They're still dirty, though, at yeah. that point. Sure. But, yeah, the pitching has been a problem. Hmm. So how do we fix it, Anthony? Get better pitching. Okay. Check. Done. It's going to be a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of years, maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, the Cardinals starting rotation, it has not been ideal, obviously. Uh, Wayno starts the season injured. He's had a couple of starts now down in AAA. His last start's a real good one. I would imagine he's going to be back this week at some point. You would think. You would think. Uh, maybe he will add some stability to not only the pitching staff, but the clubhouse overall. Certainly he's a veteran guy with a lot of experience and knowledge and leadership. And pretty good singer, too. That might help. Never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough. There's not one guy where you can be like, yeah, I'm okay with him. Yeah. Because uh, on any given day, it could be, oh, whoops, I'm not okay anymore. Well, that's that's uh, that's that's kind of the frustrating part, too, because Miles Michaelis is actually coming off a really good start against the Giants, but we know he wasn't good throughout the month of April. So what do we believe? Do we believe the majority of the month of April, or do we believe that he's, he's turning things around? If you look at some of the advanced metrics, it's not good. Again, we talked about the hard hit rate. The hard hit percentage from Oz Michaelis, not great. The barrel percentage, opposing batters are able to barrel him up. And when you hit the ball hard and you're able to barrel, barrel it up, you can send it out of the yard. Miles Michaelis, from an advanced metric standpoint, doesn't look good at all. Same thing for Steven Matz. There's nothing in the profile here to say that Steven Matz is going to turn things around this year. I'm not talking about going back throughout the course of his his career and going back to Toronto and who they signed and all that. Can he go back As there? a Cardinal, nope, they don't want him. As a Cardinal, especially this year, because last year he was hurt. Mm. This year, the profile, again, not great. You move on to Jack Flaherty. There have been times where Jack Flaherty has looked fine. There have been times you say, okay, yeah. Quickly, does he have more strikeouts or walks on the season? Jack Flaherty, quick, three. Two, one. Strikeouts. More. He's Which, got more strikeouts. Strikeouts. Okay. I don't have the answer, but I just like to play those games. Well, let's get the answer here. Let's Andrew, see. Andrew, you know, you're way faster. Ah, With those right. kid fingers of yours, you're faster on this. Kid this fingers. He's By got, the way. He's got 33 strikeouts, 21 walks. He had. He, did you have to think about it? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> That's not good, Anthony. He walked away. Well, I mean, he walked seven or eight the first start. I know. He it's did have ERA, over five True. and a half strikeouts this past Friday, which means good things for Fader follow. Yeah, he finished with seven, so at least somebody got paid on it. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Jack Flaherty, his profile looks a little bit better. As you mentioned, the walks are, are, are a problem. Opponents are barreling him up. However, the exit velo and the hard hit rate is more average than bad. <laughs> Jesus, Anthony. Can you put any lipstick on this pig, please? Why, no, like why any would I? At all. Like, put a tinted chapstick I'm on it. I'm telling the truth. 
And Montgomery, most of his advanced profiles are right around average. Side of walks. Walks have been great. He's not walking people. So there you go. There's your starting five. I won't get to Woodford because he's going to be replaced by Adam Wainwright. So well, why, I think you should show why some love Barry, to why Barry Woody. I think you should show Woody some love. Okay. I'll go to his advanced profile there. See how uh poor guys Jake had to Woodford's get out done. there the whole time. Give him some love. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, he's the worst, actually. Is he really? Yeah, from from I an advanced didn't think he was. from an advanced metric standpoint, nobody has a lower exit velo, hard hit rate, barrel percentage, expected batting average, expected slug, K rate is the worst on the team. Fastball spin, nothing. I mean, everything's been bad. Okay. He's slightly above average with walks. All right. I thought, uh, <laughs> yeah, I really thought it was going to be better than that, Anthony. I swear to you, I did. This is why I didn't. I swear to you, I this thought, is why I didn't want to mention this. I feel really bad. I didn't want to bury the kid. Woody, I'm sorry. I had no idea Anthony was going to be so hard on you. <laughs> what did you think? He's got a 5.72 ERA. Did you think he's going to be pretty, Jamie? You think there's going to be some uh, some magic? In those advanced metrics? <laughs> I just thought it His might Will be Bacon better. His Bacon was going to be fine or something? What'd you th- I, what were you thinking? I just thought it might be better than that. Six, <laughs> six games, 5.72 ERA. 1.62 whip. You thought to yourself, the advanced metrics, though, they'll tell a different story so now on I, Jake Woodford. Here's my thoughts, okay? Just so you know where I was at with okay. that. One, I didn't think his would be great. Okay, I didn't think that I thought they'd be better than what they are, but right. I didn't think they'd be the worst. <laughs> like I thought maybe he was better, and I was going to get on my platform again and be like, "See, everybody just wants to get rid of Woodford. He's not even the worst." <laughs> no, actually, he is. Hey, right, I'm have a glass of shut the hell up over here. Which I guess doesn't make you feel a little bit better because no. you know that Wayno's going to come back. So if Woodford's been the worst, there's been somebody that's been worse than Stephen Matson. Miles Michaelis, yeah. at least according to these metrics. Honestly, what do you think Wayno can do? Like, at the end of the day, even if you got Max Scherzer on this, like, that's one guy. That's one start every five that you think you have a chance. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, sign me up. I'll take it. Is he available? <laughs> no, unfortunately, he's Is he not. suspended? <laughs> yeah. He had the uh, sticky icky there. Yes, he did. Uh, our our good buddy Randy Carricker texted me. Apparently, the Cardinals, who had an off day yesterday, they fell 7-3. to three. So, sorry about that. Uh, we had a text that said, hey, good news is Cardinals didn't lose last night. Uh, not well. According to Randy, I, I see the official score here. It says off day 7, Cardinals 3. So. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Randy. Hey, he knows. I know. He knows it's been bad. All right, what can the Cardinals learn from other teams oh, everything. right now? You might be surprised. I was looking at the top five teams in baseball, just according to win percentage. You might be surprised by some of these teams because the usual list of suspects aren't there. So we'll tell you who they are, and then we'll also talk about whether or not we can kind of dive into Maybe there's a thread, a theme, Jamie. Top five teams in baseball have this. Talent! Probably. That's next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This Cardinals team has become must-watch television. 
every night it's like NASCAR. You know somebody's gonna crash and burn and you don't know who's it gonna be. Is it gonna be base running? Is it gonna be fielding? Is it gonna be inept pitching? Every night you know someone's gonna blow up and you just don't know who. Can't wait to see what terrible things happen next. You know, Jamie, is that Anthony? They say find the the positives in everything in life. Yeah. And what Kevin just did there, he found the positive. So Cardinals are struggling right now, no doubt. They're struggling for a variety of reasons. Mm. Each night it might be something different. It is. And Kevin just found the positive. Nice job, Kevin. <sighs> Left this mic drop earlier. I hate that he's right. I, but he is right. But he's right. Mm-hmm. We talked about it yesterday. It's uh it's a ongoing process of you don't know where the problem's going to be. No, very true. So what can the Cardinals learn from other teams right now? I don't know. Enlighten me, Anthony. Well, here's the top five teams right now in terms of win percentage. And I thought this list was pretty interesting. So the Rays are seven nine three. Not surprising. We've talked about the Rays being they they were just shot out of a cannon. The Pirates have the second highest winning percentage of baseball right now at 690. They don't even have, what's his name? O'Neill Cruz. They don't even have their biggest weapon. And they're still cruising. Yeah, you like that? Orioles, 679. They're third. They got the third highest win percentage. Braves, no surprise, 655. And the Brewers at 643. Two NL Central teams in the top five for win percentage, and neither are the Cardinals. Hmm. Blue Jays at 621, they're six. This list surprises me. I thought the the Rays are just always good. They're always competitive. But to have the highest winning percentage in baseball after a month is, is somewhat surprising. We like we all like the Orioles going into the year. Yeah, but not this much. But 679 winning yeah. percentage in that division. Yeah, that's a pretty good division. I mean, do you think about that? The, the Orioles are six they have a 679 win percentage. The Rays have the highest win percentage. They both they play in the same division. Then the Pirates obviously surprised. The the Braves not not a surprise. No. But when I look at or this, the Blue Jays, no. But when I look at this this list, Jamie, I think of what a, what what a lot of us go to is well, what did what did they do in the off season? It's the teams that are active in the off season. The Rays are never active in in the off season. The Orioles, I think there was a lot of disappointment for Baltimore fans that they weren't more active in the off season. The Pirates were somewhat active. But they were looking at bargain bin signings, and and then they they were pissing off Brian Reynolds until last week, where he signed a, a contract extension. The Braves were very active, but they're a contender, and the Brewers, as we know, not overly active. They were active, but they weren't overly active. Yep. So it's not an off season thing. These no. teams are just performing well. well they, they they have great starting pitching, they have timely hitting, and for the most part. Each team is playing well defensively. For the Pirates and the Orioles specifically, it's a younger group, too, that's performing well. Yes. You know, overall, it's a younger group of players on both of those teams uh, that are playing well. So those two teams, obviously, for, for, for obvious reasons, are the ones that are kind of the outliers on this list. The Brewers, we always thought, well, if Yelich gets back to kind of Christian Yelich and they got the they got the pitching, you know, you squint enough, you can see them being a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. But the Pirates and the Orioles are the two teams that, for me, are ones that could the next month, their next month could look like the Cardinals April. Both of those teams. Flip it over, maybe the Cardinals then. 
That is an interesting way to put that. So, Marsh, I had asked you in the in the office before the show what the April, not the April, what the August looked like for the Cardinals last year when they really struggled. I can't remember what the what the August record was for the Cardinals, but there is an element. It's not. Look, it's not. T- I'm not going to do the whole. Eh, it's early. We're, we're past that. It's a full month in, and this is an inconsistent team. This has been a bad team thus far, but. If you look at how how much they struggled in August last year, was it this bad? Was it somewhat in this in this range? So last August they were actually you're probably thinking of September. September. September they actually had a winning streak or a, a winning record there, fifteen and eleven. August they were twenty two and seven. Never mind. Uh, that was their it best. Didn't look like this, Anthony. Boy, it felt it, even with the even with the September That's struggles. You're spoiled. Their worst month last season was july and they were 11 and 13 so nowhere close to this no <laughs> anthony this is historical <laughs> in a terrible way for a second i was gonna i was gonna try to do the well hey maybe they just got their september out of the way or their august out of the way i think they got their june 2021 out of the way oh boy, which God, was a was 10 crazy. and 17 record that's about uh, right. and i believe that's when flaherty went down but wasn't um, so so 2020 2021 so that was the year they had the 18 game winning streak yes they went 22 and 7 in See, september anthony it can happen that's not good well, they put together two nine game winning streaks you could do that too how about just win a series at this point <laughs> just win a series would be nice so it looks like in the past two seasons they've had one month where they've had a losing record So maybe this is the month, or April was the month. I do think, going back to these other teams, the Tampa Bay Rays have a 3-2-2 ERA. That's just the starters. Starting pitching, the Rays have the the lowest ERA. They have the highest winning percentage. The Braves are third. The other teams that I mentioned are top 10, the Brewers and Pirates. The only team in in the winning percentage, the top five in winning percentage, that doesn't have a top 10 starting pitching staff thus far as the Orioles at 24. They're at 5-2-8. I imagine if I look at the offensive numbers for the Orioles, they're, they're probably outstanding. Which gets back to something, Jamie, you and I have talked about with, the, with this Cardinals team. One, there's no clear identity this season that they can fall back on, and they're not doing anything specifically great. In fact, they're below average in pretty much everything. When you toss in some bad fundamentals, poor defense, some mismanagement. Well, and you got guys who are playing in spots where they shouldn't be. Quite honestly, like, I, I, I hate to pick on Alec Burleson, but he does not have the foot speed. He doesn't. No matter where you put him, if you hit a gap shot, like, there's no chance of him chasing that down. Mm-hmm. And so, quite honestly, you just have to put the ball and play out to his area. Right. Well, it's the same thing with Jordan Walker. Well, yeah, but Walker's got the foot speed, though. Even though he's making some fundamental mistakes, he did have the foot speed in the arm to at least make up for some of that. Alec Burleson is a great hitter. Mm-hmm. He's probably more of a first baseman type guy. Or a DH. <laughs> or a DH. But I'm saying if you have to play him in the field, every time I watch him, it's nothing against him. I, I like him as a player, but he's dragging a plow behind him. Yeah, He just doesn't get anywhere quickly. He doesn't chase down things. And then he has to turn around completely to throw the ball because he's a left-handed throw. 
It's not good. No. Alec Burleson hasn't been hitting that well either no, since uh, he has slumped. You know, for quite some time, his last 15 games, he's batting 188. And then, you know, on the season, he's only batting 214 or a 231. Pardon me. Um, so he's dipped a little bit. So, I mean, you keep throwing him out there, but I think he's gotten to a point where maybe he isn't an everyday guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I agree with that because if he's not if he's not going to hit, then he can't he can't play the no. field for you. No, this That's is my point. Yes, I, I I agree. I completely agree. The Cardinals, by the way, are 21st in starting pitching ERA, and they're 20th in runs scored. This is why you're losing. It starts with it starts with quality starting pitching, and then you can talk. You could start talking about the offense. How good are you at generating runs? What we do know is the Cardinals are getting on base. They are not driving those runs in. And if that flips, if it's a run, you know runners in scoring position situation where eventually it's just going to flip, then I think we could see this this offense at the very least turn things around. But you can't be twentieth in runs scored in Major League Baseball and twenty first in starting pitching ERA and come off a good month. Guys, can I ask you a question? <clears throat> Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. We get a text from the 618, so our friends on the Illinois side. Says Burleson comps highly to Kyle Schwarber. Would you not like Schwarber on the team? Yes. He needs to play. His bat his bat don't play when you have to dust it off. I don't think he compares to Kyle Schwarber. I would like to push back on that. Kyle Schwarber is an animal in the batter's box. He tears the covers off baseballs. He hit he hits monster home runs for you. Alec Burleson does not have Kyle Schwarber power. Am I wrong? No. But because he's a left-handed bat, he compares to him? Because I... he's not great in the outfield? Schwarber is actually not terrible in the outfield. He's not great. He's not a gold glover. I get it. But he has foot speed. I mean, I don't know if there's maybe there's a website that they're looking at that statistically he he does kind of project to that, but I don't I don't see it. And Kyle Schwarber, if if the idea is he Alec Burleson is Kyle Schwarber, then yeah, sign me up. Yeah, but he'd have but to Kyle be Sch- Kyle Schwarber. But Kyle Sch- exactly. And Kyle Schwarber, I just looked at it. Here's just one statistic. It's it's the one that I happen to like. If you you can go to another one, but the all encompassing WRC plus one hundred is average. Kyle Schwarber's 113. He's 13 percentage points higher than your average player. And he guesses where Alec Burleson is. Same metric. And this is park adjusted. So you can't tell me, well, Kyle Schwarber pitches, or I'm sorry, hits at Citizens Bank Park and Burleson you know, hits at Bush Stadium. It's all park adjusted. So Schwarber's at 113. 100 is average. And he guesses on Alec Burleson's WRC+. Plus. Go ahead. 96. So he's four percentage points below average on that if he's going to be Kyle Schwarber fantastic have him in the lineup he's not and you could do the whole well he just needs a chance and all that Uh, okay he's got a hit he doesn't bring anything else to the table and this isn't just an Alec Burleson problem because he's actually for the first half of the month last month he was one of the only guys that was hitting so this isn't just a pick on him this is this is a problem well the texter fires back with I said am I wrong says you are Go back to Schwarber's rookie year. He needs time. There is five years difference between them right now. Okay. 
Well, there's players that project to be, oh, I don't know, Aaron Judge, too. Like, come on, Jordan Walker projected to be like Albert Pujols. People say, like, people say things, but they actually have to become that guy. The numbers are somewhat, I guess, similar. If Okay, I'm going back to 2015 when Schwarber was with the Cubs. Uh, his OPS was 842. If you look at Burleson's OPS right now, it's 722. 436 slug. Schwarber had a 487 slug. His batting at Schwarber's Everything that Schwarber has is higher. Schwarber also had a, his rookie year is 2015. Yeah. As a 22 year old, is that what we're looking at? Yes. Okay. So Alec Burleson right now is 24. Mm-hmm. So Schwarber at 22. 22, yeah. At 22, Was played in 69 games, 273 plate appearances. He had six, 16 home runs, a WRC plus of 131. At 22. At 22. They're not comparable. Mm-hmm. Not right now. And I don't know if you can even compare his 24 when he was 24 because he was coming off an injury yeah, from the year just, from the year before. I don't care. I mean, They're not comparable. Yeah, no, they both bat left-handed. That's where I'll leave it. And it, the the year you're referencing, Marsh, 24, he had 30 home runs that year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. I, I hope he. <laughs> I hope he's. <laughs> I hope Burleson can be. Schwarber, that'd be great. It, that that yeah. would be great. If he could start being Schwarber like now, that'd be well, I think that'd be good. That'd you be know beneficial. what? It's five o'clock somewhere, Anthony. That's true too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which prediction is most likely to happen? Jeremy Rutherford put together a list related to the blues, the offseason uh predictions. We'll talk about what's realistic, what's not next on one on ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jeremy. Nope, with Jamie Rivers. Jeremy Rivers. Son of a. Andy and Andrew Stalter. Marsh, we're going to talk about Jeremy Rutherford's article on the JR. Yeah, no problem. So, JR, Jamie, yeah. he put together a list of off-season predictions that allowed fans to kind of chime in when it came to making said off-season predictions. Mm. One of the fans that he allowed to make said predictions is the fan that predicted before last season that the Blues would wind up with three first-round picks. And, of course, the Blues wound up with 
three first-round picks. So I thought this was kind of fun. Subscriber Ken V was his name. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through some of these predictions. You tell me how likely it is to happen. Hmm. Okay. Starting with this. Blues win the draft lottery. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. No chance. Blues. I shouldn't say that. 3.5% chance, Anthony. Uh, but no, they will not win the draft lottery. Blues win the number two pick and draft Michigan's Adam Fantilli. Well, if they do win the number two pick, that would be the, the perfect pick. Yeah. That, you know, yes, the pick is correct. Adam Fantilli would be the guy 100% if you win that pick. I don't think they get it. And you like Fantilli. I like him more so I, than Connor Bedard. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy <laughs> uh, because Connor Bedard just tore up, the, you know, WHL and up in Canada. But you have good reasons for it. Well, the, the reason I like Fantilli more is his size. You know, he's got great skill, great skating. He's got a lot, a lot, not all of the same attributes because Connor Bedard is a generational talent when it comes to pure skill. Absolutely. But will that translate to the NHL? I don't know. To be determined. It, and Adam Fantilli just, he's NHL ready right now. Honestly, you could take him and plop him in your lineup next year, and he'll be right there. He'll, he'll get to that 15 to 20 goals for you easily in his first year. Connor Bedard, I think there's going to be high expectations. Um, he's just small, though. Like 5'9". 165 pounds, 170 pounds, maybe, soaking wet. That's not a big guy. When I mean, you look at some of the defense cores that are out there right now, like look at Jacob Truba. Imagine Connor Bedard cutting across the ice and Truba hits him. No. Or Victor Hedman or Brent Burns. Victor, or, take the head off. <laughs> guys like Nico Mikola, guys that like they can physically get there and be there. I think there's going to be an adjustment period for Connor Bedard. I think his trajectory is going to be much like Jack Hughes of the Devils, to where it's going to take a minute, but boy, look at Jack Hughes now. But Jack Hughes also is bigger than Connor Bedard. So we'll see. I Fantilli would be a great pick. I don't think the Blues get either first or second pick. The Blues trade number 10, a late first-round pick, and a third-round pick for number three and draft Leo Carlson. It's, there's a lot of detail, though. Do you do you see the the Blues trading, trading up? Uh, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know about trading up. I I don't know if Army's going to be able to trade up because why would anybody make that trade? So if I'm an if I'm an opposing GM, and Army calls me and says, "Hey, we'd like to move up from 23 to where where was this ending up here? 10." Yeah, we'd like to move up from 23 to 10. Okay. No, trade number 10, a late first-round pick, and a third-round pick for number three. Okay, again, why? If you're the other team, why? You have a top-five pick in a draft that is, like, deep. So your top-five players are going to be pretty much NHL-ready immediately. For a number 10 pick? I, I mean, we're splitting hairs a little bit, but... Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get I, it. I, will, right. I, I don't see that happening. Here's here's an interesting one. The Blues trade, and of course, this would be contingent on Tory Krug, waiving his no-trade clause. But the Blues trade their first two first-round picks. Toronto's 2024 second-round pick, the one that they got for O'Reilly. 
and Tory Krug to Winnipeg for Pierre-Luc Dubois and then give Dubois an eight-year, $65 million contract. Where are you getting the salary cap? Because Tory Krug is 6.5. You're only going to have $4 million overall. No way he's going to Winnipeg. I don't think there. I don't think he would agree to that. True. That, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm excluding right now his no trade clause, mm-hmm. because that becomes a factor as we know. But just looking at it from a mathematical viewpoint, you don't have the cap space to do that. If you put another eight million dollar player on your roster, you've got nothing left, and, and you've got other spots you have to fill. Like, then you have to fill out the rest of your roster with league minimum guys. No offense to league minimum guys, but that's why they're league minimum. Sure. All right, moving on. The Blues trade both of their late first-round picks to Philadelphia for Travis... Konechny. Konechny. Okay. So let's play this game again. Anthony, what do you think Travis Konechny is going to make next year? A ton. Well, he made 5.5 this year, and it was a career year for him. So 10. So double it. He's going to make at least 8... Eight and a half million dollars. And now you're just trading draft picks. Unless you have, I was his agent. You haven't gotten anybody off of your books, salary cap wise. So now not only did you eat up that four million, you're four million over the cap. How how does that work? It, it doesn't. doesn't. The Blues acquire one of Ottawa's Alex Debrinkit, Toronto's William Nylander, or Arizona's Clayton Keller. Same idea. Don't have the cap space. The Blues bring back Ryan O'Reilly Thank you next for year. Answering that. Sure. <laughs> the Blues bring back Ryan O'Reilly next year. Uh, the Blues would love to bring back Ryan O'Reilly. He ain't coming back. He's been bitten by that Maple Leaf logo up there, mm-hmm. and you know Ryan O'Reilly just listening to him and, and having talked to him, uh, and he was just blo- he is blown away by the facilities that they have up there. The training staff, what the strength coach, the nutritionist, like the everyday life of being a Toronto Maple Leaf, it's like being a Yankee. Like they they spare no expense. Most beautiful planes, planes mm-hmm. with beds on them, and like all sorts of craziness that O'Reilly's like, wow, it's pretty nice. A, a clear indicator is Mark Giordano. He made what five million dollars last year or the year before, before he went to Toronto. He played for eight hundred thousand this year. Because he wanted to stay in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Literally right. a hometown discount for O'Reilly is what yes. Maple Leafs are probably going to And they're going to liquidate. Get. If they don't win the Cup, and if they, even if they do win the Cup this year, there is a big contract that will have to leave. And so there will be money for guys like Ryan O'Reilly. So, I'd, yes, the Blues would love to have him back. He's not I, coming back. I don't think he's coming back. All right, a couple more. Again, this is the list that Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic put together talking about off-season predictions, and he did so with, with subscribers to The Athletic. A couple more that are not that are at least somewhat realistic. The unrestricted free agent who comes back will be Ivan Barbashev, not O'Reilly. I could see that. I could see that. Will Barbie price himself out on the open market? Well... I don't think Barbie goes up that much as far as, you know, his salary is concerned. He, in all honesty, he had a down year compared to the year before. Um, so, you know, Barbie, if we look at, you know, currently what he's making, he's making 2.25. He'd probably want to get to that three, three and a half. You really don't have the money to do it, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if, if you can get him at 2 million, then yeah, you make it happen, but he's not going to take a pay cut. 
he's at least going to want to make 2.5. And one of the texters says, you actually have 6 million, not 4 million. Now there's going to be a penalty here too. We've got some bonuses that are owed. The blues are going to end up with $4 million in cap space. I can tell you that right now. Promise you, you can go digging and find out the, the exact reasons why I know this. I've talked to the people down there. It's in and around $4 million. All right, there you go. Wolf. One guy, though, I want to throw at you guys. Yeah. Okay? Let me find him here first. Because this player, to me, is extremely intriguing when it comes to the Blues and when it comes to what they need and what he can bring to the table. And as soon as I find him here on the Keel Cap Friendly meter, we'll go to him. But there we go. All right, so... Let's see here. If I told you you could have a guy that pull up his career here. There we go. If I could tell you, if I told you you could have a guy that has 18 that had well 20 goals and 36 assists and 82 penalty minutes. What would you think of that? I'd be interested. Okay. Max Domi. Max Domi plays for the Dallas Stars right now. And he got some ice time again last season with the Chicago Blackhawks. And he had a great year. He had 18 goals, 31 assists, 49 points in 60 games for the Blackhawks. That was a bad team. Real he bad. skates real good. He's physical. He'll drop the mitts whenever he needs to. He's had some ups and downs in his career, but he had as much as a 28-goal season in Montreal. I would be intrigued. And the reason I'd be intrigued is... He's making $3 million right now. He's not going to get that. I don't think he gets that on the open market. I think you, get, I think you could get a guy like that for two point five. Okay. I'm a, I'd be interested in that. I just I associate One him year with deal. bad teams. Other than Dallas, he's like, played on some bad teams. Well, I'm sorry, Montreal Canadiens, and they were, he, that was a real good team when he was there. And are you uh, playing in the playoffs right now? No, Anthony. Are you saying the Blues are a bad team? Right now, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. I'm um, sorry if I hurt anybody's feelings. Jamie, I wanted to ask you this, and maybe we can get into this later, but do you think it would be beneficial if the Blues did not spend up to the cap if they did what the Detroit Red Wings have been doing? What do you mean? As in they have a little bit of flexibility where they can – they have enough cap space where they can move some pieces. They're not going to be able to do that. They won't be able to put a full roster together. Okay. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's where the Blues are at right now. There's money that has to go out the door this mm-hmm. summer. Somehow, some way, because Torpchenko, restricted free agent, all these guys that you're going to want to bring back have to get paid. Mm-hmm. So that's where some of this cap space gets eaten up is you don't necessarily just automatically get the cap space because, oh, player X, is, oh, that's gone. No, he's a restricted free agent, which means you have to at least qualify him with an offer, right? which means that's money back on the books. And you can't just let everybody walk. You have to put together a roster. That's Jamie Rivers. Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Can the pitch clock be causing injuries to pitchers? In other words, says it has Major League Baseball solved one hurdle only to create another problem. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Well, the Major League Baseball solve one hurdle just to create another one. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And there was a story in The Athletic today from Ken Rosenthal that discussed how the pitch clock is becoming a growing concern among pitchers because of injuries. Oh, come on. We'll get Jamie's thoughts on this in a second. It's clear, Ken Rosenthal writes, it's clear the pitch clock has saved time off the game, creating a livelier playing environment. But what about those worries about fatigue? The concerns that injuries would go up and velocity go down because of the pitch clock? Well, it's complicated. After the first month of the season, it's clear that pitchers are throwing just as hard as ever and going as deep into games as they were before, if not deeper. The injury question, however, is more difficult to answer. And the early data compiled by those working both in and around the game and reviewed by The Athletic hasn't completely quelled concern from some within the sport. The Athletic spoke to more than a dozen people in various roles, granting some of them uh, anonymity. Oh, jeez, I always screw up this word. Jamie, help me with this. Anonymity. What? What word are you trying to say? Anonymous. The other word for anonymous. Anonymity. Anonymity. Because they're not authorized, thank you. To speak publicly, opinions range from dismissive to concerned about the pitch clock's present and future implications for pitcher health, especially that we might see the effects manifest more as the season wears on. I can understand why pitchers would be concerned about this. You have to adjust to it, and one spring training isn't going to allow you to to completely adjust to it, but I think over time, pitchers will adjust. Mm. Your body will adjust. The way you train will adjust. They talked to Max Scherzer talking about how, you know, Get in shape. Be ready for this. It's going to knock people out. Personally, I have to look at look at it as what's the worst case scenario? Yeah, pitchers start dropping. The injury bug is going to come, be coming across the league. Get in shape. Don't let it be you. Or just take ten games off. Or you could take game ten games off if you use the the sticky icky. Sticky icky. At some point, be rosin and rubbing alcohol. Very smart, Scherzer. I think that eventually pitchers pitchers will adjust to this. They'll fig they'll figure this out with all the data and the technology and all that. The way that these guys view their bodies in the offseason and their training regimen, I, I think it's going to be fine. But you might experience some in, some injuries right now. And I, I don't think that Major League Baseball should throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think with this pitch clock, what? from an entertainment standpoint... Why would anybody throw the baby out with the bathwater? Eh, some do. That's crazy, Anthony. The, I don't like where you're headed. Well, it's not me. It's from the Roman times. Well, that's just silly. I think the pitch clock, I think the pitch clock works from an entertainment standpoint. From a tempo standpoint, from a game flow standpoint, I've enjoyed it. If, yes, yeah, evolve <laughs> as a pitcher. Is a pitcher like you figure it out, build up your stamina. However, you have to do it. Um, the pitch clock should be here to stay. I like the pace of the game. Uh, it's certainly more uh, more action quickly. More stuff going on. I don't see the neg- I don't see the negative effect from it. I don't know, Marshy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still teetering between if I like it or not. I do like it from the the pace standpoint uh, as it pertains to the Cardinals and their pitchers. I wish they had a little bit more time to sort of breathe, relax, and get back into you know the the count or whatnot. I feel like when they're giving up hits they don't have time to sort of slow the game down. And I think that's sort of what's causing problems for them. Um, 
so from that perspective, I don't really enjoy it. Pitch clock is the biggest problem the Cardinals have. There you go. All right. Uh, yep. Write that down, please. Got it. Well, at least we figured out the problem. Yeah. Marshy, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. We have been talking for weeks what the problem is. Marsh just laid yeah. it out. Yeah. I mean, it it's only a new took rules. a month. They don't have time to breathe. It is. They made the playoffs last year. They're scheduled to not make the playoffs this yeah. year. What's uh, the biggest difference? It's the rules. Yeah. That damn baseball. Major League Baseball screwed us. Yeah, they go just they're putting guys on base on purpose because they need more time to breathe. Exactly. Ah. And you know, I don't know, maybe the uh the shift. Maybe that's a problem too. The banning of the shift, the bigger bases. The Cardinals, they can't, you know, get the soft contact hits. Like they're not making plays. It's the rules. I got goosebumps mm. thinking about the fact that we just thanks yeah. to Marshy Pants. Mm-hmm. Just solved it. Just right. solved the issue with the Cardinals. It's the risk and reward thing. Are you willing to risk a loss in order to have a game be done by 945? Nothing is worth losing, Marsh. Nothing. Okay? Especially here in St. Louis. You either win or you get fired. Period. End of story. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. What went wrong with the offense in April? We'll break that down next on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're going to talk about throughout the course of the show what went wrong. What went wrong in April? We talked about the pitching. We're getting to the offense, but Marsh just nailed the Cardinals' issues. Yep. I mean, Marsh, I've uh, I've been impressed with you Thanks. at various times over the last year. Not more so than right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, repeat what you said, Marsh. Tell us what what the issue has been for the Cardinals. Well, I think it could be the pitch clock whenever, you know, multiple runners get on base and, uh, you know, the opposing team is looking to strike. And, you know, unfortunately, these these pitchers, they just can't, you know, they can't settle down because of the pitch clock. They got to rev back up and, and throw the baseball. But, you know, that wasn't the case last year, the year before, 2019, 2013, 2011. Tell 2006. Big, you know, big base pass now. Smaller base pass yeah. back then. Yeah. Shift. Shift. I mean, it's it. We figured it out. Mm-hmm. 
Now, FedEx Brian also chimed in with the, the text of the day thus far. Yeah, he said, uh, Marsh just figured out the Cardinals' problem, the way Stalter put one plus one together and figured out that the 6-1 hate is Michael Gersh. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Early early bid there for text of the day. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I guess there's some news down at the ballpark, too. John Denton tweeting out that the Cardinals, uh, they got a – bit of an announcement coming up at four o'clock yeah he uh he said the stl cards could be poised to unveil new sponsorship patches okay. for their jerseys today timing uh... the team has scheduled a 4 p.m central time news conference to announce a new business move so <laughs> business maybe it'll be something else business doesn't recognize winning streaks or losing streaks it's just it's business it goes on you you have a date that you sign a contract for with a certain company or entity that's going to put a patch on your jersey and yeah but uh, timing not ideal and cardinal nation i can't imagine they're going to be very happy with putting something on the please sell something to me when you're 10 and 19 what can i buy please as i'm watching this team lose another game Please what? go spend, or please go make more money, and don't spend it. That was from the bleachers. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> I, I mean, it. would you uh, would you put a patch on, let's say, the New York Yankees uniform? It's coming. Yeah, I think it's coming. Really? I I would from know, that organization because I, I, I would I consider the is. Cardinals to have one of the more iconic, absolutely baseball yeah, jerseys, if not. Uniforms in uh, sports. It's Marsh. open season, dude. Yes, I'm with you, but Jamie's right. It's open season. I sometimes I just I I can't stand business moves like this. <sighs> They're just ruining uniforms. <sighs> I can't. I can't lot. stand. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure many many people feel this way. Can't be alone. At least not this time. <clears throat> I can't stand to be sold every two seconds. No. Now, when we go to commercial break, pre- please listen to all our sponsors because those are the uh, heartbeat are, of America. Those are different. They're way different. They're personal endorsements yeah. from things that we utilize in our everyday in our lives. Everyday lives. Exactly. And we're just help people. That's right. There's a yeah. big difference. It's different. So Thank please, you. again, hang through the commercial spots. We need jobs. Uh, with Jamie Rivers yes, and Andrew but... Marsh, I mean, these authors are ESPN. What went wrong in April? Some more than others. <laughs> what went What went wrong in uh, in April oh, Anthony, with this offense? You know, where do you want to start, guys? I, do you want to start like on uh, big picture wise, or do you want to start with individual players? Because we could go either way. Big picture, inconsistent. Big picture, inconsistent go. for sure. Mm-hmm. You're Rules. not. Probably. The rules. Yeah, yep. the pitch clock screwing up the hitters, too. That's absolutely. Yeah. They're not getting enough rest between. It's <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> in all seriousness, here's your biggest issue. You're getting runners on, and you're not driving them in. If you want to just simplify it, if you don't want to break down each and every player and talk about, like we do with the pitching staff, Jamie, what their batted ball profile looks like and all the other metrics for baseball that kind of give you an idea of how players are truly performing. If you don't want to do that, it boils down to that. The Cardinals have done a very good job of getting runners on base. They have done a horrific job getting those runners to score. That's it. That's the offense right now. No team has stranded more runners on base than your St. Louis Cardinals. 216 runners they have stranded on base. 216. 
in one month. That's a lot. What'd they have all last year? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh. Marshy, hmm? get your kid fingers to get to work there. 216. <laughs> I didn't know what they have for runners left on base last year total. Because I feel like 216 is a really it feels high like number. Lot. <laughs> In one month? 216. Some high schools don't have 216 students. That's true. <laughs> they they, the Cardinals left 216 runners on base in one month. Their batting average, on-base percentage, OPS plus, all good. No problem. Hmm. But they're not driving runners in. They're not hitting home runs. And the big question of the day, of course, or the big theme has been in, it, they've been inconsistent. Inconsistent starting pitching, inconsistent bullpen, inconsistent offense, inconsistent managerial decisions, if you want to go that route, inconsistent base running, inconsistent defense. Yeah. Look, let's just be honest here, too. Nolan Arenado's struggles really hurt this team. No question. And I know that's just an obvious statement, but if if he maybe has himself a better April, maybe there's, well, there's probably about two or three games that could be impacted differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. I don't know. And he started off fine. You're sitting over 300 for two weeks. I know. I know. But when you have one of your best players, one of the guys you're relying upon for offense that is just struggling like that, that really affects your lineup. Absolutely. It affects everybody in front of them. It affects how they pitch guys behind them. It affects everything. If you look at Nolan, if you just start, if if it's if you're looking at kind of a pyramid of problems right now for the Cardinals, just offensively, let's just go with that. If you look at the pyramid, at the top of that pyramid is Nolan Arenado. From there, I think you can go to Jordan Walker. Unfortunately, he's he wasn't going to be the savior, wasn't going to be counted on as a savior. But you did think, yeah, you slide that kid seventh or eighth in your lineup. Boy, that's a pretty deep lineup. And unfortunately, you had to send him down. He's off to a rough start in Memphis. So he's got to figure that out before he has any shot of coming back up and, and producing. Tyler O'Neill is on that triangle. How about yeah. Tyler O'Neill? Opening day. Hits a home run. Dude, that's like two years or three years in a row, I think. Yeah. He's he's, he, he came off, he came out of the gates firing, home run, two RBI. 85 plate appearances since. He's only hit one more home run. We had a comment here from the 636. I wonder if you, if you guys agree with this or not. It says, offensively, only Arenado is the one underperforming, if we're being honest. Gorman and Walker are overachieving offensively. Walker was hitting good for a seventh or eighth hitter. Yeah, we'll get into Walker later, but he's not doing good right now. In no, he's, he's struggling in Memphis. But, so let's just leave him out of the conversation right yep. now. Let's focus on the main comment there that, Arenado's underperforming. The rest of the team, they are what we thought they were, and that Gorman's overachieving. Is you, that correct? I don't I don't think that no. I don't agree that Nolan Arenado is the only Cardinal that is underachieving right okay. now. I would go to Brendan Donovan as well. Brendan Donovan started off hot. He's got a WRC plus of, of 99 now. So he's, at, at best, he's slightly below average right now at creating runs for your team. Alec Burleson has has struggled since. Now, in terms of expectations, I didn't even expect him to make the roster. So in terms of expectation, is he underachieving? No. But what, what about the guy I just mentioned? Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is everybody's savior a year ago. Loved him. 
You wanted to give him an extension. I did not. It's a tough look. Marsh, I battled. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you now. You know what? I battled BT. It was BT. BT. I yeah. battled BT. I battled Jamie. No, I said, I said, listen, I don't want to get involved because I'm Canadian and I feel like my opinion would be skewed. <laughs> no, that I'm might, guilty. That might be. That might be it, Jamie. Anthony, I'm guilty. I said, sign me up for that. But I, Nolan Arenado is underachieving. Tyler O'Neill is underachieving. I think Brendan Donovan is slightly underachieving at this point. How about Dylan Carlson? Dylan Carlson is is underachieving. So no, I don't. Soto for him. I don't. You could add Juan Soto, just like you could add Matthew Kachuk for Jordan Cairo. Just make the just make the deal. <laughs> just make it happen. So I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. Now to to the overall point. Goldschmidt, Gorman, Edman, Newbar, Contreras. After a slow start, those guys. Those guys collectively are doing are, are doing very well. You wouldn't think that the offense would be this bad. But this also gets back to again not being able to get the, the runners in. It is it is essentially a sales pitch that goes incredibly well. And then you ask for the sale and you don't get the sale. You don't close. That's the Cardinals offense right now. Guys being reported by Jeff Jones. Guillermo Zuniga has a locker in the Cardinals clubhouse. Really? Yep. Don't know what that means. Uh, Derek Gould reporting that Zach Thompson has been optioned. Wow. And uh, there it is right here. Derek Gould, four minutes ago. Zach Thompson optioned Guillermo. Zuninga. Zuninga promoted to the cards. Okay. So we're blaming this on Thompson. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. The pitch clock got to him, too. Yep. He, he was one of our good guys. Problem solved. You can start winning now. Uh, we do need to give away some tickets. Where's my sheet? Jamie, I need a sheet. Give away these tickets. I don't know. They used to be pinned on the wall. They're not there anymore. Yeah, we got that. Uh, <laughs> got that That's sp- beautiful, that wrap you've got in there. Who who took my sheet? Anthony. Kylie? What you do with your sheet is up to you. <laughs> I was sharing that sheet. Where with, with Kylie. And, uh, oh, Randy Kylie Carriker. took it for sure. BK yeah, I'm not going to blame RK. Uh-uh. You know, RK celebrating 40, 40 years. Congratulations to Randy Carricker. 40 years in radio now for Randy Carricker. So congratulations to our guy. I was a producer for Randy before I was able to. I was fortunate enough to, to be put on air. And Randy, as most of you know, the consummate professional, total pro, St. Louis's finest. I mean, Randy Carricker. Just an outstanding career, and my man is as good today as he was when I first uh, first became a producer here at 101 ESPN and before that. And uh, I know many of you have followed Randy for a long time, but congratulations to Randy Kerr. 40, 40 years in radio. So I'm not going to blame Randy on that. No. Now, I just got a text message from Kylie. Kylie said it was Randy. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> those two are always at each other, so... <laughs> Uh, Derek Gould. <laughs> Hold on. Kylie goes, I didn't even give one out today because he stole the sheet yesterday, too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's his 40. You do, do whatever the hell you want, Exactly. You, could put, you, you take that sheet, throw it in the trash. Yeah. We don't care. I don't give a sheet what you do with it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Derek Gould <laughs> telling us that uh, it looks like the company that will be on the Cardinals jersey, Stiefel. Oh, well, the okay. partnership with the Blues, now the Cardinals. And I will say this, that Stiefel did a great job of keeping it professional looking on the Blues jersey. I know it's important for them to not tarnish uh, the look of these jerseys. So 
I mean, it's a great sponsorship deal with a great local company that's been in business forever, but um, still probably going to take some time to get used to it. Probably. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have said, well, you know, the Nike logo's on the jersey already. You know, you had the Majestic logo on the side before, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it won't be such an eyesore as people think. Like the the Motorola or whatever the hell that logo is on the San Diego Padres. Oh boy. Hello, that Moto. big giant M. It's fine. What, Everything's what, fine. What brand is that? Is it Motorola? We don't know. I don't know. Motor, yeah, they don't exist. There's no one. That's Motorola. Uh, it's actually Circuit City. <laughs> Hand me over my gray flip phone, please. That big chunk of plastic with the aerial. Yeah. Yeah. I said that. I was like, that sounds Motor, like an old you're company. Right. <laughs> Padres got Motorola. <laughs> yeah. The Mariners That's have Circuit you're... City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, have to, you have to push the rubber yes, button. Absolutely. Hello? Yeah. The Diamondbacks are next, Dell, I think. Uh, well, here we go. Can you hear me now? Good. So we have your chance right now to score tickets to see Thomas Rhett with special guest Cole Swindell on they, Saturday. They do have Motorola. Do they? Yes. So they're still with Motorola's still hot out there. Apparently. It is Motorola. I, I knew I wasn't dumb. Well. Oh, well. Yeah, no, you're right. Marsh, you're not dumb. Not no. one bit. Don't say that anymore. Well. I didn't say that. I was lifting him up. You were putting him down. you, Jamie. 101 ESPN has your chance to score tickets to see Thomas Rhett with special guest Cole Swindell on Saturday, May 20th at Enterprise Center. Tickets are on sale right now. Or you can text in to win Thomas Rhett tickets at 314-399-9646. That's our Air Comfort Service tax line. Here's your trivia question today. Jamie Rivers demanded... In the first segment, that I read off statistics for one of the Cardinals pitchers. I didn't want to read them off, but he demanded that I do so, and it was a disaster. (laughs) What Cardinals pitcher did I read the statistics off for in the first segment that had uh, Jamie and I, unfortunately, laughing there for a couple of minutes? If you know that answer, 314-399-9646. If you're the 101st texter into the Air Comfort Service text line, you're going to go see Thomas Wright with special guest Cole Swindell. I believe the lineup is out. We're going to play the lineup game next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Jamie just committed the the ultimate uh, time clock sin as he thought it was 4 o'clock already. I'm ready to fight, man. Let's go. (laughs) Got to wait another 40 minutes now. I'm all warmed up. You ready to go? Yeah. Time to play the lineup game. Jamie wanted to skip this earlier. I don't blame him. Skip what? The lineup? Yeah. Can we just decline? But we're not going to decline. I thought we were doing the Angels lineup. Yeah. Which would also be tough because, unfortunately, for those that wanted to go see Shohei Otani, he's not in the lineup today. Uh, Although they're good seats, still available. Head down to the ballpark. I'm sure it's beautiful. Get to see a New Jersey with yeah. a sick sponsor on it. Absolutely. It's always a beautiful night at the ballpark. It's a beautiful ballpark. It is a beautiful ballpark. Yep. It's beautiful. Hot dogs and beer. Plenty of things. Absolutely. We enjoy down there. All right. Uh, so, as we yeah, do the lineup... The Patrick Sandoval. What's that? Now, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Something about the game. 
Patrick Sandoval is a lefty, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, he is. So I think this is going to be Tommy Edmund. Yeah, sure. Okay, I know that you don't care, but just, just care. Just, I don't care. Just a little bit. Anthony, I'm passionate about the Cardinals. That's why I get upset. Okay. I am. Edmund is my... Jim Edmonds. Boy, I'd take him right now. Of course, yeah, but no, this is Tommy Edmund. Yeah. All what right. do you think? Show me Edmund. But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy boy, to get this place going. Good start. <laughs> All right, so Goldie has been hitting in the two-hole. I think he goes back in said two-hole. Goldie does his best work in the two-hole. He certainly does, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Show us Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold. Yeah, right. Two for two. All so, right. if we're looking at uh, previous lineups, this has been a Nolan Gorman, Wilson Contreras. It's typically been Nolan Gorman, but with the lefty on the bump, I think it's Contreras. Because, God forbid, you have Nolan Gorman face a lefty ever in his life. No, you can't do that, Anthony. No, it's illegal then, in this state. You can't let him states. face a righty either when a guy's playing well defensively. So, Sound logic. Yeah. So I think it's Wilson. Big Willie, let's go. Wilson! 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 All right. Oh boy. I don't think I don't think he's gonna take him out of the cleanup spot, Jamie. He's been struggling. But I don't think he does it. Get a day off. Reboot the computer. It's a brand new month. Let's be positive about this. Go ahead, Anthony. Show us. Nolan Arnado! Go get it. Yeah, okay. baby. Four for four. All right. Now it's time to leave runners on base. <laughs> I thought we've been. I thought we were doing that already. Yeah. All right. Where are we at here? We're at five. Okay. Dylan Carlson has been hitting five at, at times. Okay. Actually, with a with a lefty on the bump, it, it's been it's been Carlson. Okay. Because it's Kershaw. He faced he faced Kershaw. He hit fifth. They haven't faced a ton of lefties. I th- I think it's I think it's I think it's Carlson or O'Neill. I'll say it's Carlson then O'Neill. But what do you think? Yeah, I like that. I'm fine with that. Show us Dylan Carlson. Hey, Carl. Good, Good to, to see, see you. you. Okay. Now I think it's O'Neill. Now I think Canadian Bacon here at number six. Oh, Yes, I Canada. Okay. All right, so what do we need here? Well, we need a uh, right fielder. Got to be Newt. Newt's got to be playing against the Angels, right? I don't know if he's seven, but he's in there. Who else are we missing? Do you think Otani's not uh, playing Uh-oh. tonight because there's going to be a mid-game trade to the Dodgers? Yes. They're going to trade Newt Bar for Otani. Make them both all angry. They thought they were going to play together. I think this is Paul DeYoung. I do too, because if you have Edmund at second, we know that you're never going to allow Nolan Gorman to ever face a lefty, so he's not in the lineup tonight. He doesn't even have the uniform. He doesn't have the uniform on. Yep. If they could DFA him against lefties, they would do that, but it it seems to be. Yeah. So. This is Paul DeYoung. DeYoung, I love it. Yep, go ahead. (laughs) The king. Has returned. <laughs> All right, so we have a shortstop, second baseman. No way! 
You're such oh, you a donkey. You haven't heard that yet? <laughs> no, you I haven't heard, heard that yet. yet. That's amazing. BK and Ferrario. <laughs> BK and Ferrario did the lineup game last week, and they were playing the Sounders, and they had zero idea as to why that was Paul DeYoung's oh, Sounder. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they were like, why is this the Sounder? We need sounder? to lock up our Sounders. That's incredible. They can't have access to that. They just access I mean, they just, whatever yeah, they want. For sure. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Uh-huh. All right. So here's you need like an encryption code or something. I'll give you that. I'll make one up here. Okay. Break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie won't be getting. In, he won't be able to get into it. I won't remember it. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. So we need a DH and we need we need a right fielder. I think Newt is in the lineup, but he's hitting ninth. Yeah, me too. So whoever's the DH is hitting <sighs> eighth. Unless... Taylor Motter, baby. <sighs> Show me that Motter. Unless one of these other guys that we mentioned, Goldschmidt, I don't think Arenado coming off the day off is the DH, but unless Goldschmidt's a DH or Contreras is a DH. No, they, Brendan Donovan is going to be in here, isn't he? So Donovan, you think Donovan but and, but I don't know where he'd be playing. First base. He's gold glover over Okay, there. and then Goldschmidt is your I don't DH? Know. He just played, did that two games ago. Why would you do it again? And you just had a day off. That doesn't make any sense. So what about Contreras then? And this is Kisner. Yeah, I could Because you're missing, you're missing a DH and I you're missing go, a, a right fielder. I go Kisner, Newpar. That's my final two. Show us, Andrew Kisner. Oh, you don't have a sounder for Kisner? Wow. That's the ultimate form of disrespect. He doesn't play. It's the ultimate form. Wow. We'll figure one out. Wow. You have one for Paul DeYoung. You don't have one for Andrew Kisner. We'll figure it out. It's that that says everything. About me or about him? About him. <laughs> about him. All right, show us Newt. Come on, Marsh. Newt. Newt. All right, run it, Marsh. All right, we have. Leading off, second baseman Tommy Edmond, batting second, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, the DH, Wilson Contreras. Batting fourth, third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, in center field, Dylan Carlson. Batting sixth, in left field, Tyler O'Neill. Seventh is Paul DeYoung, the shortstop. Batting eighth, Andrew Kisner, the catcher, and batting ninth, right fielder Lars Newtbar. G O O D, good. Go foul! Go foul! I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. All right, Marsh, update us on the home run standings. Yes, sir. Things have been a little different since Jamie left. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Dan joined the uh, Home Run Derby and... Howdy boy, Dan. Got two correct. Wow, Danny boy's hot. So, um, he is currently leading the pack. Howdy boy, Dan. He snaked me on one. He took Burleson, who had a home run. I had DeYoung, who had a home run the next inning. Dan's good. He's tough to beat. So he's right. up to uh, 2001. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? Okay. Let's look at this lineup real quick. 
Man, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the matchups here. I don't think any of these guys have faced Sandoval. But Paul Goldschmidt's been swinging a hot bat lately. So I'm going to take RL Chalk, Paul Goldschmidt. Damn you. Jamie. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. Nope. Off the board. I know, I tried. All right. Let's see here. Oh, you know what? I'm going, uh, Wilson! Contreras. I'm going to go Paul DeYoung. I'm going to go Paul DeYoung. You just can't get enough of those carpos, can you? It's his first home game since coming back up. Facing a lefty. He's he's mashing right now. He is? He's in line for a contract extension. Would you? Seriously. Look at the deal you could get for him right now, Anthony. I mean. I couldn't even get that out. Uh, but I do have Paul DeYoung. All right. There you have it. There's your home run derby. There so, Marsh has got Goldschmidt. Jamie has got Wilson Contreras. I have Paul DeYoung. What's trending is next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, last night, Game 7 between the Devils and the Rangers. Anthony, the last moment yesterday, you said, go Devils. Yeah. You were not a Rangers fan. No. And luckily for you, the Rangers are not moving on. Let's go Devils. Yes. Well... It sounds bad, but... I didn't say Devol. I said Devols. Yeah, okay. Collection. Yes. Yeah, that's their name. Yeah. yeah. For that's sure. problem. Nothing. Anyways, uh, the Rangers... So had an issue with me. The Rangers and Vladimir Tarasenko, Nico Mikola, Patrick Kane, all these acquisitions they got at the deadline. Yeah. They're nothing. Dude. They're out. Did you see the ultimate troll job that the Devils did to the Rangers? Which one? On Twitter... The oh, Rangers had, goal song. Well, the Rangers had Liam Nielsen do the niece, Liam Nielsen. Liam Neeson? Le- there you go. Neeson. I got a particular set of skills. Yeah. Skills that can be a nightmare for people like you. He basically did that, talking about the Rangers. And then Putty from Seinfeld. I don't know if you're, you guys are Seinfeld fans, but 
Putty, the character on Seinfeld, the, was a devil fan. Yeah, he had his face painted. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He acted like, after the devils beat him, that he was picking up the call. Uh, <laughs> and then he, he, said, uh, he said something like, oh, hello, no. What you're looking for is the off season, <laughs> or like tea times or something like that. It was I thought it was pretty good, pretty clever. The Rangers assembled a good group of talented players that couldn't play as a team. That's the danger. Thank you. That's the danger of it. It really is. They said about the Cardinals last week. Well, and when I was in Ottawa, we were first place in the Eastern Conference. At the trade deadline, we made a bunch of moves and got some really good players in. It messed up the chemistry of the team. It's, they were good guys, good teammates, great players. It just didn't work. And that's the risk you run when you do that. And especially when you bring in so many high-end guys that are waiting for a contract. So you think Vladdy really wants to s- spread the wealth? No. Patrick Kane? No. All these other guys, they, they want the puck. They want to be the guy. It didn't work. It didn't work. There was a lack of effort. Um, you know, one of the goals last night was just telling. You had New Jersey, two New Jersey Devils players down in the crease, one Ranger guy back, and three Ranger forwards coasting, not even skating back into the zone. They're in the neutral zone. Like, that's telling to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what you get, man. Careful what you wish for. I don't Blatty. know if people want to watch a team full of rentals win a cup. And they rarely do. Yeah. I know it happens at times, but this is why this is the collection of talent compared to the team. There is something to that. Quite frankly, it's one of the reasons I didn't think the Cubs were going to be as good as maybe, and nobody thought they were going to be great or anything. But I thought the Cubs would struggle because they they brought in so many different guys. Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger, uh, the catcher Tucker Tucker Barnhart. I mean, they they brought in a bunch of different different guys. Sometimes it takes a while for, for that that group to gel. Uh huh. It does. And I think we saw that to your point, Jamie, with the Rangers. It just it just didn't work at all. Um, you know. It just it's one of those things. And I'm happy, man. That that New Jersey Devils team, that is a fun friggin' team to watch play hockey. My sons and I were watching that last night, and we were blown away with how fast they are. We we're like, this is awesome. That you know what, Marsha, you brought up yesterday, the Carolina Devils. I don't know. That is going to be a, a, a series that looks like it's being played in fast forward. Both of those teams play so fast. You look me in the eye, young man, when I speak to you, okay? Just Only mm. when I speak to you. Otherwise, don't look me in the eye. But that's a series. You're going to come back to me and you say, Papa Riv, that was a great series. You were right. You remember this day, Andrew. You remember this day. You're welcome, by the way. Thank you, Jamie. Well said, Jamie. <laughs> uh, ESPN came out with uh, an article Asking what players and uh, some of the managers thought of the new rules. And Ollie Marmel was one of the people that chimed in. And this is what he had to say on uh, on some of the new rules. He said, once in a while, it would be nice with no runners on for pitchers to have the ability to step off. With the pitch clock, the battery has every opportunity Oh, I'm sorry. The batter has every opportunity to disengage once per at bat to gather himself but a pitcher doesn't really have a way of doing that sure he without does. He's a runner at the mascot. On. Hit the pace car. <laughs> Hit the pace car. 
No, the pitcher can step off the rubber. He literally is allowed to do that. Yes. Not without a runner on. Why not? That's what he's complaining about right here. I think he's wrong. He doesn't know the rules himself. I know baseball. Well, you could step (laughs) off. You could... You could step <laughs> off. I'm a six one eight. <laughs> <laughs> I can control the team. Well, Gersh, you'll have your chance. <laughs> oh. oh wow. Whoa. Shots what? fired. I didn't say the Cardinals. Oh wow. What? You know he's the first one to go. Come on. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we need to go to the next segment. I don't I don't remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't either. You better quit. Okay. Stop talking. What went, it's going to be difficult. we got two hours left. Yeah, but this time was something else. What went wrong in April? Tell us about the too much emphasis on the manager thing again. No, I'm never going to say that ever again. <laughs> Wait, I got scolded by Jamie. I felt like one of his kids yesterday. <laughs> this again? <laughs> Although I, in, I was driving them all thinking about that. What's funny is, you and we're talking about yesterday's show when I got scolded. Uh, Jamie, you go, this again? You're like Dave Chappelle. And the, and the tone you said it in was like a bad a bad thing. And then I thought about it. I'm like, Dave Chappelle's like a comedian genius. So, But the way you said it. I was giving you was, a compliment about how funny negative. your statement was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel that way. Even though you were trying to be funny. What went wrong in April? Coaching and fundamentals. <sighs> Next on 101 ESPN. Here we go. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. theme today has been what went wrong in April. Why we do talked... you worry like that? How about what went right in April? I mean, we only have like five minutes here. Oh, then that'll be easy. <laughs> what did, you know what, Anthony? Honestly, what did go right in April? You took a series from Toronto. Yeah. And Colorado. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt. I think and... they split that Colorado series. Shh. Oh, no, that was no. a three-game series. Come so. on. He's on a roll here. Thank you. So you won a series against Toronto. You won a series against Colorado. Colorado is one of the more up-and-coming teams in uh, baseball. Yeah, they're high up there. Another 10 or 12 years, and they'll be a <clears throat> they'll have a winning record. Uh, no, they won't. You split against the Pirates. That's what it was. You who, split against the Pirates. Who's who, the best team in the National who League? Who have the highest yeah. winning percentage in the National League? That's a big huh? split. Huh? All right. Paul Goldschmidt ripped the cover off the ball throughout April. Same Paul did DeYoung Nolan Gorman. Paul DeYoung is mm-hmm. back and better than ever. Fourth time's a charm. Fixing that swing, huh? Yeah. Wills Contreras start off slow, then he's heated up. Uh-huh. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think they'll do it. Okay. All right, as you were then. There had to be a pitcher. That, Jordan Montgomery was solid Ish. in April. He was solid. Ish. I feel bad for him. He was, pretty, solid. he was pretty upset on the uh, you know over the weekend. Wouldn't you be? Oh, I'd be irate. Jordan Montgomery should have went Roman Berkey on all of his teammates yeah. after that performance. We were watching some some brawls 
before the show. Yeah, we in were. the clubhouse, mm-hmm. in the dugout, in the no, dugout. on YouTube though. On YouTube, yes, on YouTube. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. March Cardinals March really getting not, after yeah. it. Marsh is not reporting anything. We we're in the office. We we're yes. watching previous for sure dugout the compilation videos on YouTube. Yes, mm-hmm. compilation or compilation. Compilation is probably the word. Compilation. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't know if there was a different way to use that word. No, what did I say? Compilation. Yeah, that sounds. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't well, sound right I at sc- all. But you know what, Marshy? Uh, it is what it is. I you said someone earlier. I cannot say that word. Anonymity. 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 Is that yeah. what the anonymity? Uh, anonymity. That's what the uh, fish live in in Finding Nemo, right? No, yeah. that's um. An anonymity. Yeah, that is. Uh, Are you sure that's not the same word? No. I think it might be. It's not the same word. No, it's an N. Um, N uh, I almost said something else. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, they, they live in it. And, Text line, uh, help us here, please. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Animity. Uh, Animity. Dibbity bobbity boo. With clownfish living them. I saw a documentary yeah. on it. Yeah. Couple of clownfish, they live in it. <laughs> yeah, they now do. Now I can't get anonymity out of my head. Yeah. Sadly, the, the documentary showed a, <laughs> a horrific scene early on in that documentary about yeah. how uh, this clownfish lost uh, all his brothers and sisters, all 37 mm-hmm. of them, and his mother. It's tough. Yeah. Teddy to got lost. To Anthony's favorite uh, fish, too. What? It was a shark. That was not a shark. It was a barracuda. Okay, well, barracuda. That's it, is that part of a shark family? Is that part of the I shark family? Of the no, family. it's not part of the family. I don't think so. Just I'm pretty because, sure it is. Just because barracuda? a barracuda has teeth doesn't make it a shark. I, I don't think. think a, I don't think a barracuda is a shark. It is not. No, I know for, for it's not. Yeah, an anemone. 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 That's a. Um, that's where the fish go. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And they don't shock the fish because they're they've got uh, superpowers. Like, yes, they're superpowers. <laughs> They're basically because they got all that mercury inside. Exactly. Oh wow! I yeah. guess it isn't a shark. No, it's a ray-finned fish. Thank yeah, you, thanks, Marshy. Whatever. Shark. I didn't hear an apology yet, but that's fine. Could Sorry. You imagine. Sorry, a, Anthony. Could you imagine a barracuda going up to a, a hammerhead shark and saying, "Hey, we're family." That hammerhead would have that thing. See, I think the, the hammerhead is not all that uh, intimidating because of where their mouth is located. I think it'd be. I think the barracuda stands a pretty good chance. Okay, a uh, black a black tip. Okay, black tip shark. Black fin? No, it's black tip. The black tip shark. Sure, Anthony. It is. Don't look at me like that. Where is the black tip? On the fin. Which fin? Uh, the large dorsal fin. No, it's on the tail fin, Anthony. No, it's not. The bat- you Actually, do. it's both. You get the black tip right there in the back. It's both, Jamie. The black tip shark has the blackness on its fin, mm. its dorsal fin, and its tail fin. I think you're lying. I'm not. You know that sharks? Just the tip, though, right? And the tail fin. Uh, yeah, but just the tip. And the tail fin. No, of both. No. Tail fin's got... I know what you're doing right now, and I'm I don't I'm saying like it. it's just the tip. It's not the whole fin. It's No, it's not the entire That's what fin. I said, just the tip. But the tip would also include just the top of the fin, the the black part of it it goes all the way down said tail fin it does yes I don't remember that fish in Finding uh, Nemo he wasn't mm. oh they've also got the the they've also got black on the on the no the that's false fins. they do not yes that they do is absolutely false the dorsal fin 
Yeah, that's the, those the, are arm the other fins. fin, the arm fin, the arm fins, <laughs> and the tail fin. Wilson They've, Contreras has been hitting a lot better though uh, since that pirate series. Has huh. he? Yeah, we were talking about things that went right in April. It's a great way to put a bow on it, Marshy. I said that. I said Contreras after a slow start. Nah, I, don't I only mentioned five things. <laughs> it's only five things went well. Okay, I think we covered a lot of ground in that segment. Gauntlet next. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh two. Your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marshall, Anthony Salter. We welcome in Damian today. What's up, Damian? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to kick somebody's butt today. Okay, oh, I like it. I like wow. the passion, the fire, the energy. First time? Hot. Wow. First timer? Uh, it's my, my first time for the gauntlet. Yeah, I've uh, beat Randy a couple times in the fight in the morning, though. Oh, oh, is that supposed to scare us or something? It scares me. We're in trouble. It's definitely got me scared. I mean, do zombies scare very easily there, Jamie? That's a good point yeah, by good you. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Well played, by the way. All right, Damien. <laughs> Would you like to take on Marsh, Jamie, or myself today? Uh, how about I take on Jamie today? Son Jamie. of a batch of biscuits. All right, Damien, <laughs> bring that smoke. Good luck, buddy. Yep. All right. As Jamie makes his way into the cone of silence, Damien, why don't you go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel? Marshy, spin that wheel. What are you hoping for today, Damien? Um, you know, I actually kind of want random. I think that'd be fun. All right. Uh, it is not going to be random. Oh, is there a category you don't want? Uh, not one that I really don't want. Hockey's pretty good for me too. Okay, even though it's Jamie. Well, it will be wow. hockey today. I like the sweet. You're confident. The energy yeah. here, yeah. yeah. Makes me even more nervous. All right, so we now have a lunch go coach. for four. Then we'll have fun. There you, there you go. <laughs> he, it has happened before, Damien. He did tell me that uh, he gets the questions 100 percent correct 90 percent of the time in the car. So. Oh, Damien does? Yeah. Okay. I believe yeah, that. Totally. All right. Let's let's do it. Here we go. Question one. The last time the Maple Leafs won a playoff series, which team did they beat? Mm. I'm going to take the options. I think it was the Blues, but I'm going to take the options. Philadelphia Flyers, New York Islanders, or Ottawa Senators? Glad I took the options. Um... <laughs> say New York Islanders. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. The first time the Blues were in the Stanley Cup final, they got swept in 1968 by which team? Boston Bruins. Is that your final answer? Final answer. 
Question three. Who is the only player who has scored on a penalty shot in the playoffs this season? Jeez. Um, I'll go with Kuznetsov. Final answer? Final answer. Final question for you. Question number four. Which former Blues Stanley Cup champion is playing in the playoffs with the Carolina Hurricanes this season? Mm. I'm going to need the options on that. I don't know the roster. Options are Mackenzie McEachern, Zach Sanford, or Michael Delzato. Mm. Let's go Zach Sanford. Final answer. All right. Meet me in the garden, Sanford. Hi. (laughs) Jamie is making his way back in from the Kona Silence right now. No, hey guys. Uh, no music today. Ryder took off, I think. Yeah, he uh, went to the Cardinals game. Why? Wow. Um, Here there's a brawl in the dugout. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie, you ready? No. Your category is hockey. Oh, boy. I actually get nervous for these. Don't be nervous. You'll be great-ish. Sure. The last time, Jamie... The Maple Leafs won a playoff series. Which team did they beat? Oh, it was either the Philadelphia Flyers or the Ottawa Senators. I think the Flyers end up beating the Maple Leafs, though. I'll go with the Ottawa Senators. Final answer. Question number two. The first time the Blues were in the Stanley Cup final, they got swept in 1968 by which team? Ah, Bobby Orr, that son of a gun. The Boston Bruins. Final answer. Question three. Who's the only player who has scored on a penalty shot in the playoffs this season? Oh, wow. I don't know. Options, please. Jack Hughes, Brandon Heigl, Mitch Marner. Wow. Uh, wow. That's a really tough question. Heigl. I'll go with Jack Hughes. Final answer. Question number four. Which former Blue Stanley Cup champion is playing in the playoffs with the Carolina Hurricanes this season? Which former Blue? Yes. Well, I think he just played his first game of the playoffs, the last game. And I was shocked when I saw him score. Mm. Mackenzie McKecker. Final answer? Yeah, I think he's... Well, it doesn't matter. You said yeah. Yeah, you're right. Final answer. My bad. All right. Damien versus Jamie today in hockey. Let's go over these. The last time the Maple Leafs won a playoff series, which team did they beat? Damien, with the options, you said... Jamie's New York Islanders. Jamie, without the options, you went with the Ottawa Senators. Correct answer is... It's the Ottawa Senators. Jamie up 2-0. The first time the Blues were in the Stanley Cup Final, they got swept in 1968 by which team? Damien, without the options, you went with the Boston Bruins. Jamie, without the options, you went with the Montreal Canadiens. No, I went to Bruins. You went with the Boston Bruins. Bruins. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they love the Bruins. Correct yeah. answer is? Well, he should have went with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, the Bruins correct. were 67. Son of a. 
You know, I thought that too. Yeah. Jamie's still up 2-0. Who is the only player who has scored on a penalty shot in the playoffs this season? Jamie, you went with Jack Hughes after hearing the options. Damien, you did not You don't need go- to say who I went with. Okay. <laughs> Damien didn't go with the options, and he didn't give an uh, a player that was an option. Correct answer is? It's Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, yeah. So Jamie's up 3-0. Which former Blues Stanley Cup champion is playing in the playoffs for the Carolina Hurricanes this season? Damien, you went, meet me at the Garden. Zach Sanford. Jamie, you went with Mackenzie McEckern. Sanford played for Nashville, didn't he? Oh, boy, now I'm scared. Damien. You have chosen poorly. You lose! Yeah. <laughs> Jamie got you 5-0. It was Mackenzie McEckern. Jamie did not need the options he on that He just played one. his first game. It's always playing live, I tell you. Yeah, it's, you know, it happens. Yeah. Uh, if it makes you feel any worse... Uh, Randy texted me his questions and he or his answers, and he did quite well as well. He got the Sens well, yeah. one, the yeah. Canadians one, uh, the Jack Hughes one. He he also said Zach Stanford. So Randy also yeah. beat you today, Damian. Yeah, well, I mean that, that makes sense. You know, he's beaten me before. So Jeez, Randy. Well, you know, ruthless. Yeah. It is Randy's 40th anniversary. That's right. So. Obviously, he's going to have a good showing. Darn right he is. So. Yeah. Damien, yep. we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing today. Yep. Have a good one, guys. You See too. You later, buddy. Bye. Jamie, you were ruthless today. Absolutely. That ruthless. was Jamie's fourth time doing hockey in Gauntlet 2.0. He's Only three four. and one? I think I've lost. He is once. now three and one. Yeah. Anthony, you've done it nine times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, un- that's unbelievable, by the way. You know what? Honestly, though, I was telling this to Ryder yesterday. You've done it the most. <laughs> that when you get like when you get your sport, it's uh, actually a little more nerve wracking now. I'm begging for my sport. Please give me football. Yeah, I understand that. I but am. I have been <laughs> terrible. Anthony, you've done football twice. I have been terrible in Gauntlet 2.0. Yeah, you have. <laughs> what am I in hockey? Two and seven. You are one and eight. Oh man. <laughs> One and eight in hockey. Hey, what year was that with the Maple Leafs beat the Senators? Because oh four. Oh, was it? Because we lost to them in oh one as well. You did? Yeah, the Leafs beat us in four. Yeah, oh four playoffs. Ottawa Senators. Wow. Well, you you weren't a Senator in oh four. No, I was a Red Wing baby. Hey, you know what? Let's go. Last time the Maple Leafs. <laughs> won a playoff series. The Cardinals went to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And they lost, but they uh, still okay. win. They we'll still take win. It. Yeah, they did. We'll and that team it. was awesome. Yeah. Probably the best Cardinals team I've mm-hmm. seen, that so 04 team. This team's in the tournament round. Yeah. All right. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. If you believe in uh, what Marsh is saying there, then you feel good about where the Cardinals are at. We never really got to the uh, the coaching, the fundamentals, what went wrong in the, in the month of April. Uh, we can combine that, quite frankly, with the front office, too. Huh. Just combine it all. Because it's all been questionable. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. What went wrong in April? That's been the theme of the show today when it comes to the Cardinals. And you may say, well, a lot. Yeah, that's why we've basically... you may say everything. Everything. And that's why we've broken this up to several different categories. We talked about the starting pitch and we talked about the offense. Anthony, does it bother you that it's such a negative topic? Does it bother me? Yeah, like... Yes, it does. I don't like it. No, I'd rather talk about winning baseball. Yeah, I just don't like it. It puts me in a bad mood sometimes, to be honest, because I love doing this show. And um, I don't like just bashing on the Cardinals. I want to celebrate home runs and victories and great defensive plays, great pitching. Yeah, me too. It's been a tough year already. The Blues, you know, not not their best season. No. Feeling sad. The Battle Hawks. Didn't even make the playoffs. Played though. well, just not well enough. They just didn't make the playoffs. Just, City's crushing it. Are they? Except for mm. last week. Yeah. And they tied the week before. Oh, yeah. It's a draw. Whatever. Don't whatever. It's a, sad. it's a draw. It's different than a tie. Sad. It's a draw. I think this is part of the problem. Mm. I don't believe. Well, that. Yeah. But when we're talking about football, we're not even... We're not even getting the language right. Mm-mm. Now, I understand why soccer fan is yelling at all of us constantly. Mm-hmm. And Maybe screaming. they're all goalies. Keeper. Come on, guys. At some point, we got to get on board. I think tonight we do that. Tonight. I think we change everything tonight. Well, I, was talking about the, I was talking about soccer. Oh, I thought uh, you were talking about the Cardinals. Oh, no. I, thought, I didn't know what the hell you were talking about, to be honest. How much blame lies at the feet of the front office and your manager? Like a, if we're if we're if we're handing out pieces of, of of blame pie, how large of the piece goes to the front office and the manager? Okay, so let's all be very calm here. Okay. Okay. Hear me up. Don't Inst- do it. No. Instead of just flying off the rails here, let's be serious. Okay going to be tough. No. (laughs) You're already ruining the experiment. Sorry. When you looked at this roster, let's keep the pitchers, the whole, the entire pitching staff in a category by itself for now. We're not talking about pitchers for now. When you look at the Cardinals roster from opening day, how did you feel about that roster? It was a division winning roster. Marshy, how did you feel about that opening day roster? When you looked at it and you had your Cardinals jersey on down there, your hair looking all great and everything. Thank you. How did you feel Kids about got that great hair. Yeah. great hair? Mm. It looked like a, a great Twitter top 10 team. That's how you it felt. Was no, Twitter Marcy, top Marcy, 10 no, team. Hey, no, Marsh. Okay. Uh, Jamie, can I for a second oh, here? Please do. It, it, I feel like that's a good representation Marsh. of how I feel about the team. Marsh, would Jamie, it's would, a scientific fact that when you're talking, you can't listen. Okay, Anthony's trying to talk. Thank you, Jamie. What Jamie's trying to evoke out of you is true emotion. What you really felt. When Jamie asked me that question, what did I say? I said I felt that this was a division-winning roster. It's just, it's just Jamie and I. Tell us how you really felt, Marsh. Okay, going back to that day, 
that we were 42 steps away from Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I said that this team at the time could be a top two team in the National League Central. Okay, so there you go. You get the assignment. I said it could be. Could be. That's fine. You yeah. were, you were, what I guess what I'm getting at here yeah. is that you were optimistic. Yes. About the team. Overall optimistic. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Jamie? I was very optimistic. After watching the spring training and specifically some of the young guys, the way they were swinging the bats and Gorman, the way he was swinging, Jordan Walker, I was like, okay, this team's going to be better than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in. So now let's bring the pitching staff into it. We were okay with the bullpen. I'm not going to speak for you guys. Did the bullpen to you seem like it was just fine the way it was? Yes. Okay. Andrew? Yes. Okay. Now, I think all of us had concerns and questions regarding the rotation. Would I be correct in saying that? Yes. Yes, except for I I was really high on Jack Flaherty this year. Okay. So, But we collectively, I feel like we thought the rotation would be just fine. They'd be fine. In the regular season? Absolutely. Yeah, correct. Yes. And at the deadline, we'll go find somebody that can help us correct. get across, you know, get, get where we want to be. So when I look at all of that exercise, by the way, is to paint the picture that maybe John Mosellock didn't do that bad of a job. Okay? Could he have gone and got a starting pitcher? We've gone through this exercise before. Who? Apart from the guys that, you, that went and signed other places that you don't know would have been able or wanting to sign with the Cardinals or for how much money, take the money out of it. I didn't care because Bill DeWitt's got tons of money. Sure, leave it out there. Mm-hmm. Could have got any one of them if they wanted to come to St. Louis. So how much blame can we truly place on John Mosellock? And I listen, you know me. I take every opportunity to be snarky about Mo and some of his decisions. But when I step back and truthfully look at the situation, how much more could he have done? Based on based on our expectations and realistic, everything realistically realistic expectations. Nothing nothing that would have prevented what you see right now. And of course, I mean, because the key word is realistically, mm-hmm. you weren't going to bring in Verlander, who was hurt, by the way. You weren't going to bring in Rodon, who was hurt, by the way. And wanted to be a Yankee. And wanted to be a Yankee. You weren't going to bring in Jacob deGrom, who's hurt, by the way. Mm-hmm. All three guys are on the, the IL right now. Realistically, you were not going to bring in somebody that was going to prevent you from being 10 and 19, an impact signing. So you ask, how much can we blame Mo for when it comes to just this offseason? Mm-hmm. I didn't mind what he did based on what was available. Okay. Chris Bassett wasn't going to turn your season around. But even if you got him, let's say you went and got him. Mm. To your point, he might make the rotation worse. Well, that's a possibility too. He was pretty bad in those first few starts. He certainly was. So, when we look at it that way, it's like, okay, the blame falls really on the players at this point. Correct. Now, Ollie and his staff, how much impact have they had? I don't know. There are some decisions that are questionable, but you're going to get that every year when you play 162 baseball games. There's many thousands of situational baseball situ- or decisions that you have to make. Mm-hmm. 
You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. What? No, Dave we, Chappelle, stop it. We often highlight, too, oh, Jamie. We man, often highlight. Man, here we go. Only the wrong decisions, too. Okay. The ones that backfired. I'm proud of you. You're right. We don't talk about all the, the ones that were great decisions. Right. So I guess what I'm looking at here is we can absolutely stand out on our lawn and yell at the management, the ownership, the coaches. We can yell at all those guys. But ultimately, the players have been inconsistent. And I think that if people in St. Louis are being honest about what their expectations were on day one of this season, I think they're going to say, well, we thought for sure the Central was in the bag. Great. Mm-hmm. Right. 6-1-8. Go keep protecting Mosellock. I'm not protecting him. Mike, uh, Mike. I actually kind of agree with what the 618's saying here. The second half. Yeah, of, but that's that's okay. What is he saying? He says the roster additions goes back a few years. It does though. Like I understand, but that wasn't the assignment here today. Today was what happened in April. For sure, but I think well, that is a, a that is a culmination of certain moves that you did not make over the course of the past three off seasons. Because I've said this as a joke in the office, but contracts, you know, they don't have to be one year contracts. At some point, you sign a pitcher, and by this time, he could have been in his second or third year with the team, and you could have had a betting a better pitching staff. Okay, fair, but then let's. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back then. Okay. Because this is where I feel like we all of a sudden Michael Gersh, sorry, six one eight, he he goes away. What was the move? Because Jamie, you you did it this off season. Realistically, what was the move? Well, let's do it for twenty twenty two. Realistically, who is available that wanted to sign here? We do this exercise every year. Yeah, we do. Every year, people are upset. They didn't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. This is where I remind everybody that there's the word free in front of agent. Free agent. That player is free to sign with whoever he wants. He doesn't have to go through St. Louis and see if the Cardinals want to sign him to go to the Yankees or someplace else. So if you could get me a list of players that you would have signed that would have been realistic and you could say, that, okay, because fair point, 618. But who is the players? And this is often where the conversation stops. Or it turns into you're on the payroll for the Cardinals. I wish, dude. I wish. Me too. I could use a few extra bucks. I right could now. as well. i got a lot of problems. i got tons. Unfortunately, yeah. Anybody want to donate? So I have a list of all the 2021, um, 2022 free agents by Mm -hmm. starting pitchers. I could read some off and we can say yay or nay if they would have been possible, not possible. Let's do it. Okay, so let's start with Max Scherzer. Sign a three year deal with the Mets. I think the the time to sign Scherzer wasn't this past past deal that he got with the Mets, it was Mm -hmm. the previous one. Yes. Did they, did they screw up then? 100%. Yep. 100%. There have been, take it for what it's worth, but we've all heard that Scherzer would have signed here in St. Louis had the Cardinals been interested, what, it was five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was, when he when he signed with the Nationals, that was the time they screwed up. 
I don't think you were going to get the second bite of the apple with Scherzer. Next one, Kevin Gossman signed a five-year deal with Toronto. I believe it was $110 million. Kevin Gossman would have been fantastic. He would have. I have no idea if he would have signed in St. Louis. Carlos Rodon, before he signed with the Yankees, he signed a two-year deal with San Francisco. This is the one that I would highlight. I have no idea if Rodon would come here, but this is why I keep saying those one-year deals, because that's what it was, even though it was a two-year deal. Right. The one year, the, the second year was an option, and the Giants put a lot of contingencies in place to allow Rodon to become a free agent in that second year, and he did. These are the moves that I think the Cardinals miss out on more times than not. So if you want to say Carlos Rodon, great. Mm -hmm. But maybe you have him for a year like the Giants did. He pitched his ass off and then he signs with the Yankees anyways. And thus, you would not have had him for this year. You'd be right back in the same situation. You'd be right back in the same situation. By the way, this is the... This is last year's offseason, the same season Correct. that you signed Stephen yes. Matson. Um, you have Clayton Kershaw. That He's was never going to happen. Yeah. He re-upped the last two times with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Eduardo Rodriguez, he signed a five-year deal with Detroit. No, thanks. Terrible a year ago, okay mm-hmm. this year. Robbie Ray, after his Cy Young year, signed a five-year deal with Seattle. Probably not signing Robbie Ray. Probably not. Zach Greinke no signed thanks. a one-year deal with KC. Zach Greinke didn't want to be here anyways. No. Marcus Stroman signing with the Cubs. Okay. Put out on Twitter that I believe he would he was interested in being a Cardinal. Okay. So yeah, he's been pretty. So maybe that. So maybe that's a misstep. No, if a, that's if all of that is true, it's definitely a misstep. Okay. It, it is what it is. Then it's a misstep. So yes, Anyone you could to have, a division rival. You if could have all had, that is true. You could have had Marcus Stroman on in your rotation right now. Okay. Alex Cobb, who uh we just he signed a two year deal with San Francisco. Yeah, he was terrible. Yeah. The One Giants day. found something in him and he's mm-hmm. been pretty good. Anthony DiSclafani also saw him, signed a three year deal with San Francisco. Any pitcher that signed with the Giants, they've got a model. They've got a model for it. I mean, there's a there's a ton of pitchers on here. Here's one that, uh, and who knows if he's good with the Cardinals, but Andrew Haney signed that one year deal with the Dodgers. Right and now, he's fair. with the uh, Rangers. Right, and and he'd be he'd be okay, but he's he, at the time nobody was nobody was begging for Andrew Haney. Mm-hmm. At the time, nobody was begging for the Cardinals to sign, you know, Rich Hill or Dylan Bundy or any of the other other guys that are on this list right now. Were there some missteps? Sure. Does Marcus Stroman make the difference right now from where you are at 10 and 19? I'm sure he would make a difference. He'd make a difference for sure. Is he? Yeah, you need more. You need more than that. And a lot of people on the text line time with Sandy Alcantara and all that crap. Again, I mean, his ERA is 2.29. <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. He's got yeah. 33 strikeouts. This is, this, is the Pan, this is Pandora's box. This is. Yeah. What? It's Roman times. Yeah. Yeah, once you open it up. No telling what you're going to get. Never know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, he shouldn't have traded Sandy Alcantara and Zach Allen. I don't know what to say on that. For a left fielder of the Braves, Marcelo Zuna. Yes. Or Absolutely. who knows where he's playing now. He's been awful. Uh, by the way, Randy just sent this Cardinals rumor. St. St. Louis interested in Andrew Heaney. Oh. So at one point, the Cardinals were interested in Heaney. He decided to sign with the Dodgers. Again, this gets back to the free agent aspect of it. These these players have their choices to, to sign. All right. 
I don't think we. Th- this is one of those conversations. What you, Anthony, what are your what is your response to people who say, "Quit trying to give the front office a break." You guys sound like homers. Okay. Have you? Do you listen? Well, which to, which on, one do is you it? Listen to do do you listen to the show? Like, do you really? If if you're making that comment, do you listen to the show? Because apparently you don't. Apparently you don't. We we are snarky and we're ruthless at times. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get that comment. I don't get it. I'm just trying to be realistic. Like we're having a true conversation, which I'm trying to drag our listeners into a real conversation, not yeah. just a pound of flesh time. If you want your pound of flesh, boy, I'll tell you what, tune in from two to six daily. You get most of it. Mm-hmm. I think with Jamie, Jamie, to to your overall point in this, where were you at the start of the year? That's that's exactly. If you felt like this was a ten and nineteen team, then say it. But most people, and you were, were they, right. They're unable to go back now and be truthful. Correct. Well, I knew this was going to suck. No, you didn't. Right. You know, you crushed six Bud Lights with your buddies one night, and you're like, "Hey, man, we might be better than we thought." Right. Look at this Walker kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. This is going to be great. Yeah, you're all doing the lineup and now all that lying. stuff. Right. Now you're lying. If there's one person probably that could say that, yeah, it's a six one eight. Hundred percent. He's been consistent. You know the. You know what the six one eight? I'll give. I'll give the six one eight a lot of credit for. He has said the Cardinals will not win a World Series for like three or four years straight. Yeah, and they haven't. And they haven't. <laughs> so good. Now good it's, a one in, it's, a, it's a one in 30 shot. Yeah. You know? Maybe I you mean, shouldn't trade him but for he's that right. possum. He's on to something. To Jamie's point, if you're really listening, I traded a listener for a rodent last week. We can be ruthless. Here's the other thing that personally, Jamie... <laughs> I don't know what I missed, but okay. Were you not here for that? <laughs> no, I was in Mexico, Anthony. <laughs> now, I know you were like, you were going last week. Did I trade? Did I trade the six one eight to that's Oakland last week? Yeah, it was last week. I traded the six one eight to Oakland for the possum. Oh, that's a good deal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good rally deal. possum. Is there, yeah. And we turned it into a rally possum. Mm. So I don't know why the six one eight is still is he should be in, he should be barking at Oakland. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, they're a bad team. You got a lot of things. Man, they won't win a World Series in that no. city. Uh, but I, no, I do. And ever. And ever, Bob. Yeah. You won't have teams. I do give, again, though, I do give the 618 credit. He was all over the fact that the Cardinals were going to be terrible. Now, he says that all the time, but mm-hmm. he's he's right. Now, he's a lot asked. of our texters are chiming in here, and they're being honest, that they thought that the season was going to be much better. Okay. So, That's all we're saying. Thank you. Just appreciate the honesty. Thank you for Thanks, being guys. honest. Yeah. And people are just frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I get it. We are, too. Okay. Fair. We're frustrated, too. But don't project your crap on us. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a lot of crap as it is. I'm looking around. James got Jamie's standing in a in a bunch of uh, baggage right now. Yeah. As am oh, I. I have no idea. Man, it smells. Too. Yeah, no, I have no idea of the baggage. I mean, the bag. I can't see right now. I got so much baggage. We don't also need yours. We all need to be together. Yes, we do. Okay. Now here we go. We need to be unified. A possum, apparently, according to the three one four, isn't a rodent. It's a marsupial. Yeah, it is. It's a marsupial rodent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a modent. Nobody likes a possum. What does a possum do? Right? Wow. Plays dead. Anthony, you can't do hey, you know it's what? not Well, it's not like a bee. Hey. A bee's going to pollinate the flowers. Hey, maybe the, maybe the Cardinals are a possum in, in themselves. They're playing dead right now. What does a possum oh, do? These teams, they play dead. That's it. Yeah. So they don't do anything. Well, they, maybe that's what the Cardinals are doing. You know. That's I, what I said. I mean, I get like termites. Nobody wants termites. Termites clean. I know we have to break. Termites clean. clean He's like na- yelling at you. Yeah. Sign yelling at all. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to break your neck. 
All right, let's break. Let's My break. goodness. Take a break, would you, Anthony? Andrew's losing it. <laughs> he certainly is. Guys, this Cardinals team's irritate getting irritate me. All right, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. Let's do a quick NFL four downs, okay? Let's all well, take a break. Three downs. Let's all take a break. NFL three downs CFL. slash four downs. Snacks on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, before we get into our NFL four downs, I have an apology to make. <laughs> Again. I do it a lot. I'm good at it now. I apologize to the Opossum family. Uh, apparently, they eat dead animals. They eat roadkill. Uh, they eat ants. insects. Ants. Ticks. Ticks. Ants, yeah. I didn't know. I plead ignorance on this. It's no excuse. Yeah. But I do apologize to the uh, the entire Opossum family. All right. Uh, but I am thrilled that we still made that deal with Oakland to get the opossum yeah. here, and we sent the six one eight out because I, I now realize the opossum is a uh, is is a huge value. We're like the Dodgers; we're finding good value. Certainly. Mm-hmm. So again, apology to the um, marsupial that is the opossum. <laughs> what do we got for NFL four downs? First down. Instead of picking up his fifth-year option, the Packers instead signed Jordan Love to a contract through 2024 worth up to $22.5 million. Is there any chance Love and the Packers have more success than Aaron Rodgers and the Jets next season? Uh, one, I don't know about that. Anthony, I have a question for you, though, please. Uh, instead of picking up his fifth year, they just signed. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, I think it's at a lower rate, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got a guarantee of $13.1 million or Over something. Over the next two years, I believe. Yeah. I think they're going to pay him less. Yeah. But guarantee basically that the, the next two years. Because they don't know what he is. They don't know what they don't know what Jordan Love is. So what they did is they said, okay, you got two years left basically on your deal. We're going to we're going to sign you to an extension but we're not going to give you the fifth year option so it's at a le- it's 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 less than what they would be paying him if they just picked up the fifth year. All right. So it's kind of a good deal for the Packers because he could be a complete bomb. Well, it's good for Love too cuz he has he said one start. I think he's I think he's only played in like 10 games with yeah. one start. You don't know what he is. I will say this though. History has has repeated itself here with the Packers. The Packers of course take Aaron Rodgers Got a lot of grief for that because they had Brett Favre. Brett Favre, two years later, is dealt to where? Jets. The New York Football Jets. Can't forget that. Aaron Rodgers, I've said this repeatedly on this show. Aaron Rodgers, the one that we know, Super Bowl champion MVP, was not the same Aaron Rodgers that showed up in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. His mechanics were a mess. There was a lot of things to clean up. Took him two years. And Packers fans were ticked because they watched Aaron Rodgers play in, in, in training camp and in preseason. They, they were ticked that they took him when they still had Favre. I'm not saying Jordan Love turns into Aaron Rodgers, but it is interesting that history is kind of repeating itself here. And this is a smart organization. I think, yes, there is a chance that the Packers, especially playing in a bad conference, have a better overall year than Rodgers and the Jets. I don't want to hear you say there's a, a chance. Who's a douche canoe. You're right They will. That. They will. Packers will, finish, Packers will finish with a better record than okay, the Jets. Thank you, Anthony. That's what we want. Okay? We, want just, we just want like an answer. Not a weeble wobble. Put it on the board. We don't have a board anymore. Okay. 
I don't think that's possible. I think right. Rodgers, I want them to suck so bad. <laughs> I want them to be last place in that damn division, but I don't think they're going to be. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will have a better season than the Green Bay Packers. Second down. How much of this offense, the NFL draft included, shift the landscape in the in the AFC and NFC? I think the AFC has shifted because you got Rodgers and you kept Lamar Jackson. I, I said offense. I meant offseason. Offseason, that's fine. Uh, the the NFC I don't think has changed much at all. I think the Eagles, the 49ers, they're the top they're the top of the that conference. So they're class of the conference. Yeah. I think the Seahawks have had a really nice offseason and with Geno Smith emerging as, you know, a, a, a very good placeholder for right now, I think the Seahawks are going to be are going to be pretty good. Other than that, I know everybody's going to fall in love with the Lions. I know there's going to be Cowboys fans that probably overhype that team. But who else really scares you yeah, in the NFC? Nobody. The Vikings, I, I love Brian Flores. That defense still stinks. You watch your mouth. I think the Saints could be interesting. But they're only interesting because they play in a god-awful division. Top of the NFC, I don't think it's shifted much. I yeah. think the, a- the AFC is where uh, things are really interesting. Anthony? Yeah. I agree with you. Third down. Bryce Young will start behind Andy Dalton this summer. How long before the Panthers name Young the starting quarterback? Week one. Can I ask a question? If you're Andy Dalton, you're the perennial prey of every young quarterback. Like he gets, (laughs) he signs these contracts, and it's just like, you know, he even has an over under board at his house. (laughs) He's like, hey, honey, you and the kids gather around. What week do I lose my job? <laughs> <laughs> and he kept it with the Saints oh, last year for, for most of the season. Much. It really isn't. No, no he you was the he quarterback breaks... all year for them. Did he play all 18? Not, no, no, not, not once uh, Once Jameis got injured. Which was real early. Real early. He came in and there was a th- like a... You know, a toss-up between putting Jameis back in or keeping Andy Dalton. Taysom Hill didn't make any starts last year. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, he defense. might have. <laughs> and special special teams. Outside he, linebacker. He may have Damn actually. But uh, I think they kept Dalton in because the way their offense was ran with him was better for Alvin Kamara, huh, who they didn't to, use, who they oh, never well. used. But they never really used him with Jameis Winston either. Oh, well. week one. All right, week one for Bryce Young. Let's go. Fourth down. All right, final down, final question. What's your prediction? Which rookie scores the most fantasy points next season? Ooh, Antoine. This one's a, this one's a layup to me. Really? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Be John Robinson. Yeah, you're probably They're right. They're going to run that right into the ground. But how is their offensive line? Really good. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Bijan Robinson. I don't even know who's You've close. Totally flopped. I'm not, not flopped. Now you love Jamie, running backs. Jamie, we're talking about fantasy football, which has been my point. There's wow. fantasy football, real football. I'm just in shock. The Falcons have de- have have made have developed have built one of the best fantasy football teams in ever, Bob. Hmm. Real football, right around uh, uh, seven and ten. Anthony. Seven and nine. How many it's, games? It's played? healthy for people uh-huh. to just admit when they've changed. You know what? I've changed. I've looked at things. I'm being honest now, I'm good with the running backs. I like them. First round picks. Fine. This guy's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. Just be honest. 
I still don't like the value <laughs> at all. I think it's got to be a wide receiver just based on, you know, PPR and whatnot. Put um, it on the board, Marsh. Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba with Seattle. I believe he's with Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You think, um, you think he's going to have a bigger year fantasy-wise than Bijan Robinson? Just based on how the scoring structure is for <sighs> fantasy football. Depends what fantasy league you're in. Yeah, Stand, you're right. Standard or PPR. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Then, nice job, Jamie. That's your Jamie's more downs. of a half PPR guy. He's more of a half PPR. Oh, full PPR. It's, that's different, Jamie. Should Jordan Walker have stayed with the Cardinals? It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Should Jordan Walker have stayed with the Cardinals? Well, not with the way he's hitting in Memphis right now. He's off to a struggling start, said Jordan, that, that uh, Jordan Walker. So far in AAA, he's batting 188 with three hits, one home run. Thus far, he has made the adjustments necessary to come back up and, and be an impact player. It's just, it's unfortunate. I wanted to watch Jordan Walker all year. I wanted to watch Jordan Walker after a, uh, an excellent spring training, Jamie, one than which that you called. I didn't think that he'd break the team or w- break camp with the team. I thought he was going to be sent down to Memphis right away, not because they wanted to save on the you know the the service time and all that, not start his clock. I thought that they would want to look at the other veteran outfielders in April before making an assessment on on whether to bring up Jordan Walker. Lo and behold, Jamie, in some respects, you and I were both right. Because I think they sent Walker down, not not only to make the adjustments, because they want to continue to give the runway to Tyler O'Neill, who's underperforming, Dylan Carlson, who's underperforming, Lars Nupar, and now Alec Burleson. Yeah. But Walker's going to have to absolutely mash AAA pitching, and I think he will eventually. fine. But he's got to mash, mash triple-A pitch and Just come back up. Just let the kid play. Just leave him alone. Let him play. He's, he's got all the talent in the world. He put together, what, 12 games in a row with a hit in the majors. The kid's going to be fine. This happens. When you, get, when you break camp with the big club, then you go down to the American Hockey League or triple-A baseball, there's an adjustment there. There's a reason those guys are in triple-A. And the timing's going to be different everything is going to take some time to adjust just like it is when you have to adjust to the majors because the pitchers are better they're dotting the corner of the plate they're getting their spot they're the the guys are better defensively all of that stuff there's an adjustment period to be had here this young man right now is dealing with wrapping his brain around what went wrong in the majors more so than what do i need to do right down here and although he's mature and all these awesome things that we think about jordan walker and that are true He's still a human being, and there's there's mental adjustments on and off the field that he's making, and there's physical adjustments on and off the field that he's making. It's the bottom line. Let's give him some time to just marinate down in AAA. He's going to find his swing. He's going to time up these pitchers. He's going to be – trust me, he's going to be back. 
but let's give him some time to figure that this out. It doesn't it doesn't help that some of your other hitters are are just not they're they're again they're underperforming. Nolan Arenado is underperforming. Tyler O'Neill is underperforming. Has nothing to do with Jordan Walker. No, what I'm saying is it it's worse if the kid is struggling and you also have these veterans struggling because then it almost becomes you know the the focus of course is Jordan Walker and why he isn't doing more. Whereas if the majority of your lineup was carrying you, you might allow Jordan Walker to make the adjustments at the big league level. I and agree. it's just, it takes some of the pressure off. Well, the pressure, can you imagine the pressure? How it would be astronomical on this young man right now with guys that are struggling so much that are on this roster currently. Major leaguers are struggling. Future Hall of Famers, Nolan Arenado, he's struggling. Imagine the pressure on Jordan Walker now. He'd feel like he has to win the game every time he's at the plate. Right. No. No, get him away from here and let him go down there. Even if he's not performing fantastic down in Memphis, there's not as many people that are paying attention. Let him do his thing. I'm a big believer in that. Like, yeah. it's a young be guy. He's so friggin' young. Let him just develop. I'm with you, Jamie. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll have our Sports 6 back next. So if you have a question, again, send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. the sports six back here in the fast lane on 101 espn i almost saved it's your glasses something. i almost saved it's your glasses something. first of all your it's glasses my paper clip. well it's because you put your headphones over here and then you drag them back and it's like it's like a fishing net you take my pen my paper clip my glasses oh no wonder marshy look at my wallet's there mm. better watch that around anthony actually that I know. probably should yeah marsh go ahead question number one from the 636, are the Blues married to Kapanen and Verona, or could they be on the move this offseason? Nah, I think they're married to him right now. I don't know what you get. You know, the value the value for them within your team is probably greater than what the outside market value is of those players. So uh, I, I think you're married to him. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you want to be? The price tag is right, and the players did exactly what they were supposed to do when they played here. So yeah, I think you're I think you're married to them at least for the first half of the season. Question number 2. Interesting question here. Uh I think the answer would be no. But from the 314, if the season goes terrible, do the Cardinals trade Adam Wainwright back to Atlanta for a shot at at another World Series? It is an interesting question. I think that you could go to him if you're Mo and if you're DeWitt and say, if if presented with an opportunity, would you like us to deal you to a contender if one is interested? I think you, you throw that out there to him. I don't think he would take the opportunity, but Jamie, within an organization like this, I think that you at least extend the offer, provided again that you have no shot of making the, 
the, the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think the ex- the offer does get extended. I don't necessarily think it's automatic to the Braves. I think that, you know, if Adam Wainwright said, yeah, I'd like to go to a contender to finish my career, I think he'd probably take his pick then at that point. I know he's from, isn't he from Atlanta, that yes. area? Yeah. Um, you know, it all, I think he's, he's drafted by them, yeah, too. He was. He yeah. was drafted by them, then traded here. It sounds very romantic, of course, but uh, I think you offer it to him and then you let him pick if there's a team that he'd like to go to. I personally don't think he'll do it. I think Adam Wainwright wants to end his career mm-hmm. as a St. Louis Cardinal. Well, plus the Cardinals can go on a 30-game win streak in August and September and make the playoffs, so they're technically never out of contention, even if they are uh, you know, out of contention by the all-star or by the uh, trade deadline i agree with some of what you said yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's possible for sure question number three uh from the 314 where will the xfl move teams to next year i'd put one in san diego look at the yeah. look at the success at st louis is that, that the xfl is at with st louis i'd find a scorned fan base and head there There's one in san diego one in oakland yeah, yeah. Do you? I would not have one in an NFL city or a prominent college football city. I'd have one in Nashville. I'd have one in. I was going to say I would put one in Fargo, North Dakota. I think that's a good idea. There's a ton of North Dakota State Bison fans mm-hmm. up there that would love to fill up that Fargo mm-hmm. dome. Sure. I would get out of. I would get out of Seattle. Why would you? Have, why would you have a team in Seattle? Why would you have a team in? Uh, I don't know. You know, like Orlando makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. But in years past, they had one team in New York. I'm glad they moved out of there. East Coast, for whatever reason, unless it's like the Giants or the Jets, of course, or the Bills in mm-hmm. in uh, upstate New York. Why would it, it just doesn't play? How come DC plays then? Is it because the team was good? DC's a rabid fan base, mm-hmm. and their NFL team is a little lack lackluster. Sure. What about Mexico City, guys? I mean it too. For the XFL? Yeah. I I don't know. Mm. Like yeah. being down in Mexico twice recently, I see people that, like they're passionate. The sports come on and they're mm. watching. It doesn't have to be just soccer either like they love baseball and anytime the nfl goes there they sell out mm-hmm. i know it's the nfl i get it but you don't need sellouts for the team to be a success mm-hmm. you yeah, know you what i'm need, saying you need it to be better than what you had in certain markets correct i think it'd be a unique interesting way to try and grab a fan base that would be interesting you know you got dwayne the rock johnson i know he's not Latin or, or Mexican. I know he's not, but he's a massively recognizable person mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. far as his his voice and his power is concerned. If he went down there and started promoting, you know, I think there's a ton of opportunity. That's interesting. I've thought about an NHL team in Mexico City. Oh. I'm telling you, you Gary Batman. Listen to me. The sport of hockey. After they seen how fast it is and the hitting that goes on and things like that, I'm I really believe that a team would work really good in Mexico City. You think the altitude would Well you play be in Denver. Yeah, you play in Colorado. Well, no I think we saw after this past weekend that the altitude has a little bit more of effect in Mexico than it does in Denver. Did you see With how, the baseball? Yeah, oh my yeah. goodness. 
Yeah, the Padres and Giants. I just think it'll be an intriguing market for XFL or and the, and the NHL. I think it's appealing. Excuse me, a reason to get down to Mexico more. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Question number four. Ah. You had me at the XFL. Once you said NHL, I got this something fishy about this. I actually believe the NHL would be better, would would make more sense there than the XFL. All right, from the 573, I'm taking my son to Wrigley next week to watch the Cards and Cubs for his birthday and watch the Cards lose since it's the first game of the series. Anything special we need to do while at Wrigley? While at Wrigley? So you're just staying down, you're just staying downtown? How old's your kid? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, serious. Like, well, like, there's a lot of bars, a lot of cool bars yeah. in Wrigleyville. Wrigleyville. All that, like, there's so mm-hmm. many awesome things to do, but I don't know if a sure. eight-year-old is going to be all that uh, intrigued is by Is ESPN it. Zone still in Chicago? I don't know. I think it is. It's right across the street from... When I was younger, I loved to go to ESPN Zone. It's sort of like mm-hmm. Dave and Buster. I mean, if you're yeah. in Chicago, that's a, that's a good one. they've got a Legoland. Yeah. It's not all that close to Wrigley, but it's down there. Right. Navy Pier is pretty cool. Get some yeah. rides down there. And you don't. It, Navy Pier is not. It's just. It is literally just a pier. You, you don't need to carve out an entire day. No, to do the, that. Navy, the Navy's not the there. The Shed Aquarium is incredible. It is incredible. The yes. Shed Aquarium is great. The it's not um, free. No, the museum too. The uh, Soldier oh. Field. Oh, not a different mm. museum. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a museum at some point, right? What's the museum up there? The Field Museum is what mm-hmm. it's called. The Field Museum. Not as cool as the City Museum here in St. Louis, though. Oh, of nothing course not. Is. No, nothing is. Their zoo? I don't hear anything about their zoo. Brookfield Zoo. I, I doubt it's free. That might the, be. No, it's ah, not free. Brookfield not. Zoo is not. No, no I've, I've been to that one. Yeah, I, I was, have too. It's been a long time. I, I was at that one with the kids way back when I played in Chicago, mm-hmm. and one of the lions came out yeah. and growled. I have never heard something so loud. Really? It was so unbelievably awesome and scary at the same time. I'm sure. He came out and let a roar, and I was like, is that really how loud they roar? <laughs> no wonder things are freaking scared to death. Jay, they're the king. They're the king of the jungle. I understand that, but wow. If you look at food, I mean, you could go to a, you know, go to a great... Chicago pizza place, whether it's Lou Melnati's or you know, pick your pick your favorite. Your you gotta get the Portillos. Portillos is my favorite. Ooh yeah. I I mean I don't go back to Chicago and not come home with Portillos. Jamie will probably agree with me. Buca de Peppo. That's yeah, a good one. That's great, a, that's great, a great Italian yeah. spot. Yep. Family uh, style, the way they serve it. Yep. Yes. It's awesome. Love it. So yeah, there's some, there's there's a lot of things to do in Chicago, mm-hmm. and if Jamie's right and the the your kid is a little bit younger. Yeah, I would definitely do the Shed Aquarium or the Field Museum or the Walk Ford down Major the pier. pier. There's yeah. got the Ferris wheel. They've mm-hmm. got all that some stuff. Games. They got some games. Yeah. Do you fish. think they have that fish we were talking about earlier? The barracuda? No, no. not the barracuda. The one with the black, the, tip. The black tip. The black tip fish. Yeah, yeah, probably. Which, by the way, one of our texters way back then said, "You guys all need to stop and listen to Anthony. We know he's a sharks expert." Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a good text. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I totally Thank missed you, the boat on that one, or 636 or wherever that came from. Thank was. you. Yeah. yeah. Question number five. From the 314, how long are we going to let Tyler O'Neill underperform? At some point, you have to let the guy walk. You know, he's, he was walking he was from walking third to home. Third. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. should have seen Jamie. Marsh beat him to the punch, but he was so excited. <laughs> I was 
I was proud so of him. excited you were. I was proud of him. He's not underperforming. He just simply is not a good hitter and a subpar fielder. I don't know if I agree with that. But I don't I'm not blown away by his defense. I don't yeah. think that's a stretch. I know yeah, he's okay. I know he's fast, but he's not that fast. He's not that fast. You gotta be going at top speed at some point. I know he's fast. I know he's athletic for a big guy. I'm not blown away by his his outfield presence. You're not blown away by his D, Anthony? No. Huh. Two more gloves, though. Great. They look good on the mantle. Mm, they do. I bet they do. Anthony. Marcel Zuna's got a gold glove. And Anthony, Anthony prefers the Tengel gloves. That's the one that kind of blows him away. Tengel gloves, Nolan Arnato. Yeah. Uh, Around that range. How many did Yachty have? Eight? Nine. Nine? Nine. Johnny Bench at 10. Look at you. I'm serious. Go ahead. I know, I know oh, you are. Hmm, interesting. What? Question number six. I think we're on six. Sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, if you were an NBA team, would you sign Dylan Brooks? No. After everything that happened. No. I don't mind Why? if my did he players. Get cut? They're not going to resign him. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, they're like, yeah, we're good. They're not going to resign them. Wow. I don't mind the trash talk. I don't mind if you want to be an instigator, but you do have to perform. You have to be, I don't know, productive. So, no, I don't just need an instigator. If you notice, Draymond Green is an, is an instigator. Dude performs. Mm-hmm. He's out stomping on people. Yeah, he's punching his own teammates. Speaking of brawls within the clubhouse, sometimes you, sometimes you have to look do at that. them. They Jordan, a, they won a, a playoff series. Was it Jordan Poole? Yeah, I don't think you know. Hey, listen, Jordan hey, Poole should have been standing there. He should have armed himself. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you shot. You know what? That unforgiven Clint Eastwood. Yes, you shot an unarmed man. <laughs> you should have well, armed himself. Armed himself. <laughs> <laughs> We're joking, by the way. What? Ish. Well, when you get a guy that's up in your face and he's getting intense, you better be ready to throw one. Especially or, if it's Draymond Green. You, the fact that he just took one on the button—that's his fault. That's his fault. He should have known at that point, and he shoved him first. Yeah, there was a little bit of. No, he shoved Draymond Green. When you shove a guy like that, there's going to be a response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You better be ready to, 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 to duck and move or something mm-hmm. not just stand there shove eh, clear shot <laughs> you donkey down he goes hey did you see uh james harden scored 45 points last night in a playoff game i did that gives me did confidence that this cardinals outfit, baseball team can win a, a a baseball game okay what because james harden did it without joel Embiid. james harden Scored 45 points in a playoff game. Yeah, without Joel Embiid, and they won. I think the key, well, that is more It's impressive. That's more impressive. We're in an alternate timeline right now. Yes, we are. (laughs) You're right. But Harden scoring 45, I think the key was that Embiid was out. Maybe. It's my thought on it. I just know that that translates well for the Cardinals tonight. Fair enough. Is this a make-or-break homestand for the Cardinals? We're going to that next on 101 ESPN. Probably. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
is this actually who we are? Because the team does not think so. You can go around the roster and go around the lineup and point to positives and ceilings for every player. But now it's a matter of, we played like this for a month. What if this is who we are? But now it's not a matter of if there's enough individual talent, because they do believe that there is. It's a matter of, is there enough talent from a team perspective to turn this around? That was Katie Wu of The Athletic. Carl covers the Cardinals. She was on with BK and Ferrario yesterday. Boy, if this is the team, then we're screwed. Well, yeah. That's just the bottom line. Is there enough talent? Yeah, I think there's enough talent. And I think Katie Katie puts out a, an interesting question there. Do they have enough talent to turn it around? Yeah, I think they have enough talent to turn it around. I'm not saying they will, though. I'm not saying that, you know, don't worry about the 10-19 to 19 start and the way that they've been playing. They've got enough talent to turn around. No, they on paper, but on paper, we also thought that this was going to be a much better team coming into the year, Jamie. Yep. So this, this homestand is going to be interesting. You got the Angels for three, and Shohei Otani is not in the Angels lineup tonight. Thank you, by the way, Angels. Then you've got three against the Tigers. Before the road trip... We all said, yeah, you know what? If you just hover around 500 for this road trip, because you're in Seattle, you're in San Fran, you're in L.A., if you just hover right around 500, that'd be a win. You won twice. You won twice in 10 games. Jamie, that's not good. That's certainly not what you were looking for. Marsh asked before the show, what would be a successful homestand? You have to win both series. You have to win both series. You have to start winning series. Your margin for error, you just gave away in April. There is no more margin for error. I understand that throughout throughout 162 games, and what is it, four months of the season? April, May, June, July. No, way more. Six. Yeah. I understand you're going to have a bad month here or there. You're going to struggle. You're going to have injuries, starting pitching, offense, whatever. All of a sudden, nothing works. You're going to have a bad month. I get it. When you have that bad month in June, after you played good baseball for April, May, you know, for April, May, fine. Or July, fine. You had it in April. Your margin for error is gone. You have to start winning series, Jamie. Do you, do you think the market will correct itself? And what I mean by that, or what I'm truly asking is, like, the Pirates and like these teams that are way playing way above what they should be like the market has to correct itself at some point. I don't believe the Pirates to be a first place team. I don't. Do you? No, not based on track record. Absolutely not. No, they're playing very well right now. But But can the market correct itself enough? And you have to remember now the Cardinals don't have the luxury of just pounding the snot out of NL Central teams. Right, all season long. All season long. So even if they get their stuff together here for the month of May and moving forward, let's say April is the outlier. Mm -hmm. They've dug themselves such a hole here now that you can't just go in and pound on the Reds and the Pirates for the rest of the season and make up ground. Right. So this is more difficult than what they've had to deal with in the past. And, you know, credit to a lot of the listeners that said that at the start when they realized there was going to be a balanced schedule. They said, okay. You're not going to be able to just do exactly what Jamie just said. Beat up on the Pirates and the and the Reds. And there's no saying there's nothing saying that for sure you would because I know the Pirates are playing pretty good right now. But right. Historically, at least in recent history, they've been able to do that. By the way, if you want to leave us a mic drop for the biggest question of the day, we'd love to hear one. 
biggest question of the day coming up in about five minutes. So if you have a biggest question of the day, you want to send it in, great. But yeah, Jamie, you're right. The balance, the balance schedule. So now you got the Angels, you got the Tigers. The Tigers aren't good, but then you go to Chicago, Boston, Milwaukee. We don't know where these teams are going to be in a month or so. But you, you also pose an interesting question: Will the market correct itself? This is where I get this. This is where I come to with that that question: Do I trust what we're seeing right now, or do we bank on the track record? And I think most of us bank on the track record, or we overreact. And just say, well, this is how it's going to be throughout the course of the season. At what point do you start to adjust your your preseason expectations? I don't know if it's right now, but at some point you do. At some point you have to say, what I'm seeing out of this Cardinals team or this Pirates team or this Rays team or this Orioles team is what it is. I mean, one whole month is a pretty good indicator, but I don't think it's the ultimate indicator. Just as much as I don't think is the ultimate indicator for the Cardinals, too. Right. As far as how bad they've been. Yeah. And I'm glad, Jamie, that they're they're actually going to play. I mean, the Angels, the Angels are playing decent baseball. The Tigers not. Cubs are playing decent baseball. Boston, they don't have pitching, but they have some. They have pretty good Anthony, offense. right now, this team doesn't have any gimmies on their schedule. Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm glad that they're not just – I'm glad they can't get fat, dumb, and happy off of Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. I'm glad that they're going to be tested because – like you just said, one they don't have any gimmies, but it it doesn't do it doesn't do us any good to have any sort of false hope if they just beat up on last place teams for the for the you know for the month of May. Anthony, they are a last place team. I know, I understand. I understand. No, I'm. I'm you're right. Just, I'm just talking with you. Yes, you're right. They're a last. They're a last place team. So you, there is no gimmies. A little sensitive there. <laughs> a sensitive boy. It's fine. You know this. The Dodgers, by the way, you get the Dodgers for four. Good. Home. Bring them on. Okay. <laughs> what? If you're, if you're going to get out of it. No, if you're going to get out of it. No. If you're the Cardinals right now, you have to look at everything in front of you as a great challenge. Yep. You have to. You have to start to em- not embrace the suck. Okay? You have to embrace the fact that this has been awful. This is not what you wanted. And as a group, every series now is one you're it's looking forward to. Mm-hmm. You look. I cannot wait to get out there, because the frame of mind is the 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 old like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to screw up. That's not going to help you. Yeah, it's not going to help you. Get up. If I'm Ollie, I'm like, get up there, guys, and and swing. Hack away. Hack like, get out there. I don't care what. Take a look at the analytics. Take a look at the video. You do whatever you want, but get up there and I want you to play baseball. Have fun. Let's get it going here. What's the worst that can happen? It's already happening. Yep. You keep losing. You could be the A's. Yeah, well, so what? They're in last place. So are you. You know what I mean? Like That's when you suck hard for Bedard. Mm-hmm. There's no Bedard on the way, though. No, there's definitely not. No. All right, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. No Otani. Tonight, Otani tomorrow, though. You're going to face Otani in the pitching staff. So there's there's your big challenge. Good. Bring him on. He's going to have 12 Ks. All right, biggest question of the day Good. next. Bring him on. I want to wait. ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
the biggest question of the day with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Zalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. All right, guys, we got a text from the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. If you want to leave us a text message, if you think Jamie's takes are too hot or Anthony's not doing a good job keeping Mo accountable, send us a text message 314-399-9646. We got one from the 314 for our biggest question of the day, and it revolves around Nolan Arenado. Is it time to move Nolan Arenado out of the four slot in the lineup? He has a 600 OPS and leads the team in at bats. He's actively hurting your team right now, and you're 10 games out of first and six games out of a playoff spot. Ooh, this is spicy. I, th- I, who are you going to replace him with, though? You start ju- you Gorman. Gor- okay, so Gorman was hitting. Th- he's been hitting third against non-lefties. So what do you do? How far do you drop him back? Because from from all right, where, where's the lineup? Six, six right now. That's where I, I, mean, would go with I don't think it okay. matters where he's hitting if he's doing check swings the entire time and he's swinging at pitches outside of the zone. Sure. I mean, this is of course operating on the fact that we're moving him. Yes. I, I wouldn't move him, though, personally. I just, it's Nolan Arenado. You're going to figure it out, bro. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you know that you're, you're scrambling. You know, you're in scramble mode, is when sure. you're moving your top guys out of their spots to, to try and make something right. better. Like You know what I'm saying? If somebody were raking behind him, I'd be more apt to say yes. But again, when, when Nolan Gorman. When there's a righty on the hill, Nolan Gorman is going to be in the lineup, and he has been hitting third. Wilson Contreras has been either third or fifth. Alec Burleson has cooled off significantly. Dylan Carlson isn't hitting. Tyler O'Neill isn't hitting. Paul DeYoung is hitting, but it's a small sample size, and do you want to move him up into a prominent spot in the order? People wanted him traded for... Yeah, Gum I, I'm not at the messing the with Paul DeYoung. I'm leaving him right where he is right now. There you go. Because, gosh, he gets in his own head so much. It, he would put way more pressure on himself. I'm not messing with Paul DeYoung. If he's successful right now, he's staying right there. There you go. So to Jamie's point about Nolan Arenado figuring it out, he's a pro. And there being, there's no, there's no legit option where you're like, yes, I would love to get this guy into the cleanup spot. I say no as well. I would leave him there. I am not minimizing, by the way, and I don't think Jamie is either. We're not minimizing the question. He he is struggling big time. Like, honestly, though, like, we get some texts here. And, and like, what as a listener right now, what would you what would you do with it? Like, it's easy to say, I just move him down. You don't necessarily understand the repercussions of your decisions sometimes. Like, everybody jumped all over Ollie for being public about his displeasure with Tyler O'Neill's effort. Oh, he lost the clubhouse. What do you think is going to happen if Nolan Arenado does not buy into changing his spot in the lineup? He is one of your leaders, if not the leader right now, especially with Adam Wainwright not there. And you're going to go and piss him off. And you already have a pissed off Tyler O'Neill. I, I don't know how this benefits the manager or the team for that matter. So well, if the if you listeners are sitting there saying, yeah, just drop him. I don't you don't necessarily understand the butterfly effect of that, Anthony. Plus, you may not do uh, uh, you may not improve your offense. 
he's no, still might... he's still Nolan Arenado too. So even if you drop him to six, what changes? The pitchers are going to attack him the same way, and now he has less protection. So I don't I don't think now it's I don't think now it's the time to do it. So we got an interesting text here. It says, "Guys, you're missing the obvious." Okay. Oh, it's actually not bad. Move Nolan up to number two in front of Goldie. Okay. Protect him, I guess. Give him some pitches to hit. I don't know. You could do that. What about having Goldie, Arnado, and Gorman? Huh? Have Goldie hit two, Arnado third, Gorman fourth. I'm, I'm okay with that. Does it solve your offensive issues? I don't know. Not until Arnado gets going. That's You're right. It doesn't matter where you put them in the order. All right. We have beat the streak and criticisms and compliments next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. hit baseballs all of my successes depend on me you ready to hit the hits just keep on coming and his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle time to play beat the streak here in the fast line on 101 espn marsh what are our standings all right so leading the charge right now is tanner his current streak is six i have three Jamie, Dan helped you out last week. Uh, you are at one right now. And Anthony, you have zero. You've also have gotten four incorrect in a row. Ouch. Time to turn around this losing streak, mm-hmm. huh, boys? Let's go, baby. Me and the Cardinals. T-Bone, what's up, man? Not a whole lot in a while, guys. Yeah, you're rolling right now, though. You got six straight, so you've got honors. Who are you taking tonight to get a hit? I'm going to go with an angel tonight, uh, Hunter Renfro. All right, Hunter Renfro. Former Red Sox, former Brewer, now an angel. L.A. angel. Yes. Mm. All right, so Hunter Renfro off the board. Marsh, you're up next. Yeah, I have to go with an angel as well. I'm going Mike Trout. Son of a... I was going to pick my first. And I would explain why I'm going with Mike Trout, but yeah, I why feel you going like with Mike there's... Trout? Not really an explanation nah. other than that it's Mike Trout. Right. No and Steven Matz is on the mound. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm just saying it's a lefty-righty matchup. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. All right. Jamie. Yes. I'm going, um, let's see here. I'm going to go, uh, it's a little off the board here. Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> RL chalk time. Yes, it is. I'm going to go Tommy Edmond. Sitting at the top of the lineup. He's going to have four chances, maybe even five chances if this Cardinals offense gets going. All they need is one hit. Give me Tommy Edmond for beat the streak. Wow, you think... I like your positivity. You think he's going to get a hit? Anthony, you've gotten four wrong in a row. Yes, Marsh. Yes, Marsh. I've heard it's you. It's a new month, Andrew. You think I come here? That's true. I've got ear... I got... Uh, Headphones on, and we're standing very close. Yeah. Speaking Those into headphones look high, nice, by the way. High mics, do they? Well, they look better than the uh, 
the other ones that he had on from a year ago. The Princess Leia, those huge yeah, things. Yeah, remember that he those? Had? those? I were, wore them those one time. Those were awesome. It was an emergency. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Where the, are uh, those things, by the way? Put it in the 101 Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> T Bone, thanks for playing. Hopefully, we get a chance to talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, see ya. That T-Bone, he's red hot right now. Yeah, he's got six, and that is the most that the uh, listeners have had. Well, he keeps setting a new record. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, he, is, he has been doing that. All right, so T-Bone's got Hunter Renfro. Marsh, you took Mike Trout. Don't know why. Jamie, you went with R.L. Chalk. Yeah. That being Paul Goldschmidt. And I went Tommy Edmond for Beat the Streak. Mm-hmm. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you download the podcast via the 101 ESPN app or your 101ESPN.com website. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The theme throughout the course of the show today, what went wrong in April for the Cardinals? We broke it up, talked about pitching, talked about the offense. We talked about the front office. Jamie did an impromptu experiment with us and the listeners I thought went very well. Well, you know. We also covered a lot of ground, I I believe, in the animal kingdom. Talked about uh, barracuda, black-tip sharks, uh, opossums. In fact, I had to apologize to the entire marsupial family it's all available at the podcast by the way one of the texters texted in saying that uh your possum um also helps with snake venom they're yeah they they're allergic to it or not allergic to it they're uh what, what? Immune. immune immune thank you they're immune to yeah. it which is crazy why are you shaking your head sometimes we forget words and the other person helps us out Thank you, Jamie. Now, you've had to help me out about three, four, five times today alone. So it's been a rough day. But uh, nonetheless, you've been there for me. And I appreciate you, Jamie. Yeah, you're welcome. We're keeping you on the train, Stalter. Uh-huh. Criticisms and compliments. <laughs> yeah, keep me on the train. Quick train. Train. That's nope. It's not a train. It's a bus. It's, it's a, a bus. shuttle. It's a shuttle. Shuttle was the word I was yeah, looking for. Yeah, you got a train. What is this, that, 1947? That one I got on my own, though. It just took me a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, horses and buggy will get you right over to Bush. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they have horses, horses and buggies. They do. They do. I cut one off last year. Oh Did my! You? Yeah. On opening day. On opening day, I had to. I was running behind, so I had to. So cut. you just cut one off? Oh yeah. You know what happens to those those poor horses when that happens, right? Well, they poop in the middle of the. No, road. they got those bags that hang down below their butts, and they. They drop it into those. Yeah. Wow. No, it was fine. It wasn't like a, it was like a, you know, a bad cutoff. I just, you know, I had to, I had to go. Yeah, fair enough. I bet you did. Criticisms and compliments. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we get listener, listener crime sometimes. Oh Uh-oh. yeah. Yeah, we got some today. From the six one eight, Damien, who was our gauntlet contestant, from the six one eight, Damien was like Dylan Brooks versus LeBron. Ouch. Ooh. Yeah. Damien. Listener on listener crime. Sorry, Damien. Yeah. Oh, Damien. It was a tough one for him. Yeah. He even said, too, I go, ah, you know what? It's hockey today. He goes, that's all right. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said that. Yeah, yeah. he did. In fairness mm-hmm. to Damien, he also said that he probably will go 0 for 4. And he, he did. did. Yeah, he did say that. He, um, he called 0 for 4? Yeah. Oh, well. I don't, I, think he, I don't think he meant it. Yeah. But he yeah, definitely called right. it. He did, though. He got it right. Yep. From the 314, boys, great show as always. Relax on the boys of summer. We have a barn full of healthy arms, a barn full of studs, who is healthy at the all-star break. 
The boys will be playing good ball. No worries. Relax. I'm in. Uh, thank you for the text, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, though. We'll all relax. I hope so. I want to come on here tomorrow and talk about all the amazing things that happened tonight for the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm so tired of the negatives. I am. Uh, speaking of negative, from the 618, I would really like to meet the 618 and feel... Uh, and feel like he and I are on the same page. And if I listen to, and if listen to, can make some positive change for the Cardinals organization long term. It sounds like this guy wants to partner up with the six one hate and run the organization. Hmm. Oh, I would love to see that. That's interesting. I'm I'm here for it. We like that. We like things like that in radio. Absolutely. To talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last but not least, not a compliment, not a criticism, but just something really cool from the 520. Have you ever swam in the same water as a black tip reef shark? I have multiple times. At a boy. Wow, I, I have, have not. not. Yeah, I have not. I swam in a pool once in my parents' house and uh, I jammed my face right into the side of the wall. Yeah, you swam right into the side of the pool. Right into the side. That's a great job, mm-hmm. Anthony. Thank you, Jamie. And great job to you today. We appreciate everybody listening to the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. For Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We have Nick's Heat Game 2 pregame starting in about five minutes or so. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.